0: Alright, so we are back, it's a uh, new week Yeah, 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 we're there late, whatever it happens, don't worry about it That being said My fault uh, Well, we've actually been provided with the opportunity to uh, to give our <laughs> midterm take And uh, share all the more crazy, ridiculous, breaking news in the past few days That we otherwise would have missed
1: So, uh, Also, I'll, I'll take an opportunity to plug this one out there at the, the get-go here uh, you know, supposing things don't all go somehow crazy sideways. Uh, Noah has not, not a whole lot to do with the audience here. Well, actually, cats in the chat would know him. Um, a friend of another in another circle of mine uh, passed away this summer, and uh, he was a political junkie. And so, to uh, remember him as a kind of a combo thing, we're going to do our stream tomorrow night. Um, the whole Green Grapist podcast group of people which hopefully doesn't remind anybody of anybody uh, in our audience. That'll help everyone with a much nicer life, not having to deal with that cringe. But we'll be doing our election coverage there. Um, just shit-talking and, and nothing special. Remembering him more than we care about the election, I think. Oh, fair enough. So and... that's, I wanted to get in like predictions today uh, on this channel because... I think um, that'll be where it'll be a little more interesting for us, because I know we did the our 2020 election stream. That was good. It was uh, not such a great day after. Not really. <laughs> when uh, a lot of this stuff, like, well, I think it was interesting because, yeah, you know, like like that Dick Weed who runs 538. We uh, we we made some pretty good predictions that we we couched our bets and uh, we. We said the only way that things are going to win is if such and such and such happens and uh, for Biden. And, and, of course, that is exactly what happened. Um, you know, the, the reasoning is still unclear and so on. But I think that we were very reasonable about our approach to it. I think that this time around we're going to have to do something similar. But I think it's not going to be in terms of whether or not certain groups, you know, quote, win but uh, to what degree and, and what kind of extrema we're looking at here.
0: Speaking of extremes, holy shit, have I got a wild-breaking story. Katy Perry, of all people, shared, uh, shared her submitted vote for Rick Caruso yeah. for the L.A. mayor, which uh, that may or may not mean... Anything at all
1: that me. should be explained to the public so that they but, know uh, Rick Caruso
0: <laughs> is not on the left, and that's uh that's incredibly huge for largely anyone with a public facing persona in California, but for someone as uh, media important as Katy Perry, that's astounding.
1: Well, see, I have to I have to not stop you here, but I do have to question you on this one because if you say media important, is she still? Oh, uh, because yeah. I I have no, I, mean, I don't I don't see her like in commercials or anything else, but
0: uh, okay, I guess I should say noted media personality, if not influencer.
1: Sure. I, I, I'm not saying she isn't. I'm just saying I I don't notice it. I'm a sample size of one, so and I also don't consume a whole fuck ton of traditional media so much. So um, uh, also I don't. But I, I'm not the I'm general audience at, here. I'm asking. I'm
0: enough at the periphery that I kind of see who becomes popular, even if I'm not necessarily okay deep in on all these things. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, like uh, like so many have said, uh, not unlike our generous chat, is that uh, we will be waiting days for answers because uh, they'll. Oh yeah, they'll, well, uh, they gotta
1: count the other ballots. Um, they do. Here's the nice thing. Here's the nice thing is, uh, um, I don't know if you know for anybody who needs to hear this in Florida, uh, hurricane coming, maybe, but it's gonna be landing in Miami or just north of Miami. Welcome to Miami. Because of course it is. So you might expect that there's going to be a bit of a fucking delay down there beyond what they already have to make sure they get all the Democrat voices double counted.
0: Well, I mean... I'm
1: sorry, fairly counted in their elections, which are totally the most secure in history.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, just think, your parents, their parents, their parents, and their parents before them are all getting the opportunity to vote in the upcoming election. And you know you want to make sure that, you know those people, even the those, ones uh, who those are veterans, those uh, Civil War veterans, those Korean War veterans, those World War II World War I veterans, you want to make sure that their vote is counted.
1: Well, you know the nicest thing is when the uh, Civil War veterans from the South come out and vote for Obama, Mm, well as as you know they would. Change of change of heart, so to speak. No, so um so it's, it's like it's it's gonna be a tropical storm uh Wednesday afternoon. So the center of the storm is gonna be off the coast a ways and, and it's predicted to land on the coast around Thursday around mid, uh, midnight ish So, it's supposed to be a hurricane on the coast at 1 a.m. Thursday.
0: So, what you're saying is that this hurricane is going to be simultaneously affecting all of the, uh, you know, toss-up states.
1: So, so what I'm saying here is that counting is going to be impacted, not voting. So, if you're worried about voting, like really, 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 really worried about voting, and somehow you hear this before tomorrow... Just go out there and, and vote, whatever the fuck you feel like it tomorrow. It's not going to be that bad for weather. It's the day after, and the day after that, like the bands will start coming in, maybe Tuesday night, but Wednesday, and then Thursday it'll be there, and that'll be South Florida. It'll be piling a whole bunch of bullshit in from the uh, from the east up here in the north, but whatever. But yeah, it's it's going to be days after.
0: Yeah. So do make sure and get out the vote
1: because. As much as, uh... and vote in person if you can, if you're comfortable doing it, you should. Oh yeah, and and so I, I, so I know some people are, are so like for instance, Steve is and I are are, we're opposed in I think an agreeable way on this one, because you know we'll we'll each leave each other to our own on this. Uh, Provided all things are secure, for instance, down here we have uh, ID requirement. If you want to vote early. Vote early. I think that voting early is not a bad thing. Um, I think it, it, it can hamstring you if you have issues that you have any any doubts, any curiosities, any hints of a doubt, you should wait. But if you know what you're voting for already and you've, you're ready to vote, I think that voting early within a reasonable time frame, like say a month, I think that's, that's the time to get shit in because it all goes to the same pot at that point. It does. Um, there's no like, here's the special early votes. Here's the other votes. It's at, at the end of the day, all of it goes to the same tally. Like they might be in their own box, whatever, but that's because they came in first, so they go into the first box. Steve is more of the opinion that you should be voting on election day, and then that's it. I think you know, I think there's merits to that. I think election day, regardless of whether or not early voting exists, should be a national holiday. Because why the fuck isn't it? It's for I me. Mean, it's the same. It's the same day every year. <laughs> it's, it should just be a national holiday at this point. It's no, like every two years or anything, whatever. Just every fucking year, second Tuesday November. That's a holiday. Period. Done. It's so much easier. It could be. could be. I, we we have enough national holidays, but like this is the one where we're actually taking direction of our. Nation, so it should be a national holiday, like a federally recognized day off. You know, if you want to work that day, whatever. But like, you shouldn't be complaining because your boss shouldn't like. There shouldn't be any legal restriction, any anything holding you back from getting your ass to the ballot booth. Uh, I think you know, having having more ballot boxes out there, I think we should have like sheriffs guarding them. Or you know, twenty four seven. I don't necessarily have 24/7 a twenty four seven
0: televised in uh, Arizona. Personally, I think that twenty four seven televised, televised
1: surveillance, man. Twenty four seven surveillance uh, with the police involved. I think that all these little, these half assed uh, bullshit measures that we've been doing around the country are just garbage. We know how to secure an election. We just aren't doing it. Uh, as well as we should, anyway. Yeah, those, uh... yeah, I think that all this shit should be all. It should all be counted in the open. It should be all, you know. It it should be it should be closed circuit redundancy, and then uh, relay televised. It should be all. I have no it, issue with we, uh, with the entire accounting process
0: being completely recorded from multiple. We, we
1: talked about this before, where like if you are if you go to a casino. The way they hold the cards out in front of you, face up, flat, parallel to the table. The way they do everything on the table, the way they do it, is designed specifically so that people watching can see every single move that happens on that table. There's there's not a single reason why we shouldn't be doing the exact same thing with our voting. They handle, what, billions, trillions of card maneuvers a year in Vegas, can we not like if we don't employ people that are there? Can we not employ them as consultants to tell people how to watch shit? Yeah,
0: it's it's funny that they can manage something uh, something like that with um, with uh, so much cheating and rampant fraud that goes on in those places, and you know, clear it out basically entirely and blacklist the ones that do it. Yet somehow it's. Oh, yeah. uh, it's completely impossible. I also,
1: I'm also a firm believer that if you are if you're a citizen, you, sh- you should be you should be um, perfectly capable of volunteering to do things like counting the ballots. I think that's that's laudable. There's nothing like bad about being the guy who volunteers. I think that's just the same though that we should all you know the rest of us should be comfortable with how it's being done. And if we're not, you know, and it's not like the oh they won therefore I'm uncomfortable. It's like well, no, the last one was kind of fucky.
0: Indeed it was. Yeah,
1: and if you could even you could even go back to twenty sixteen if you want to and have all that shit checked out the same way. Yep. Supposing well, I mean, to the long and short of it is history. this
0: those guys have nothing to hide because they did nothing wrong, so they have no oh issues God. with anyone checking up and verifying any of these votes. Right? Now they haven't. Uh, they haven't raised here's a fist or anything though. when people, here's you a, know, wanted to do that. Right?
1: Here's a strict difference on this, though. When it comes to a private citizen doing their private stuff, nobody has any business seeing it. When you volunteer for a public position to do public stuff, it's everybody's business. Everyone, especially the people you don't like. It is everybody's business when you're doing everybody's business out in public like that, and uh, the idea that that they can—I think that it, that the fact that they put up poster boards to block people from trying to see what the fuck was going on in those rooms—yeah, that should have caused a riot. Like, I don't like riots. I think that they're they're, they're yeah, a, a collapse. The expectable of reaction to that order. is
0: not what occurred. What should have happened there? What everyone would expect is that those windows were busted in, and the doors were busted in, and then some kind of literal riot occurred. Yes, something antifa. I, ex- I
1: expected a, I expected a full-on shit show where people would have busted in and thrown ballots everywhere and ruined the results. Thankfully, that didn't happen. But that is the natural not. result I expected.
0: Yeah, it is sad that that didn't happen, but you know, hopefully, we approach the future.
1: So again, like I, it's 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 one of those. I'm, I'm waiting. So this one. So we'll hopefully not have like. I mean, we're gonna have fucking lawsuits. So it's gonna be bullshit. You're gonna have shitheads like uh, uh what's his face? Uh, the, the 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 go-to lawyer for the Democrat, uh, committee. Um, you know the way I, he said that the counting machines are flawless, 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 flawless all the way through, 2020. After of course spending from 2016 through uh. Uh, 2019, saying that they're horribly flawed. Oh yeah, uh, they're, they're flawless through 2020 until, until, flawless through 2020, all the way until just after the election when that one person lost up in New York. Uh, at which point he had to say, "But the the election machines could be flawed," which is why we have to throw out the results and into a special election or wherever the fuck he was just talking about. Um, yeah, you know, it just didn't fucking work. Got laughed out of court. Yeah, and so the. Did you see Stacey Abrams, Um, the the news coverage for her, uh, her complete fuck-up in her election campaign?
0: Oh, is she uh, denying another election?
1: So, uh, oh, the stage is being set already, um, because they know she's going to get her ass kicked out uh, of the the ballot booth, so to speak, here. She was never in office in the first place, so it's not like you can't say she got kicked out of office. She's gonna. Um, she's, she's she's just, just salty.
0: You know what it is. She's just salty that Brian Kemp cheated better than her all those years ago.
1: So so she's going to lose. Um, and the media is basically saying, "2020 um, was was the most secure election ever," and this is how the um, the, the the hacker hands are going to destroy um, the ability of people like Stacey Abrams from from winning. 2022 that's basically what's being set up right now is uh she lost because it wasn't the most secure election history we should have done it like 2020 somehow
0: oh and have uh, a coterie of uh, corporate and uh, business moguls fortify the election right right yeah oh speaking of fortified elections i don't know if you've been following the uh news south of the border but there was an election off recently. Bolsonaro. In
2: the, yeah,
0: yeah. Bolsonaro um, won. Yeah. And uh, Lula lost. We talked
1: about this one briefly. We uh, did. We did. We I've been following kind of. pretty. Yeah. With uh, with a lot of
0: interest. And, so
1: uh, how have the communist nazis handled it?
0: Uh, oh, they're already. They've already uh, started instituting their plans and getting everything in order. They've already stated that they're going to be ending all human rights related to property ownership. You know, they're going ahead and just saying, hey, we won. This is what we're going to be doing. They're already getting it all in play. Uh, they're going to be uh, you know, ending, uh, ending... So don't visit others.
1: Brazil for a while. Got it.
0: Yeah, yeah. because there's a very real possibility that Bolsonaro will be the man that Trump could not. And it's going to be weird there for a little bit while they do the right thing and save their people and hopefully destroy well, evil. But here's here's we'll what see. I'm going
1: to say about that. And... We have to be very clear about it because there's a a strict separation here between state elections and the only two federal elections that ever happen. And those would be by the Electoral College, one for the president, one for the vice president. There are two separate federal elections that are done by the Electoral College, by their votes alone. All the other elections are state level. We vote for electors. So the only election that matters for who gets to be president or vice president is the Electoral College federal elections, and those are certified and uh, and signed in by Congress. They're counted out, certified by Congress. So any, any other stuff that happens is state level. Whoever the state sends as their elector for the Electoral College, that is the elector for the Electoral College. So if, if there's anything illegal about it, it's state level illegal, not likely to be federal illegal. Must had something to do with, you know, the disgusting uh, overreach that the Biden plan had in, an off, in, a, in tow for ramming down a whole bunch of, you know, quote, reforms they, they perfected last election. So by our law, by our constitutional law, Biden is the president. Like, mm-hmm, there's yeah. nothing. Yeah, he was unclear as about that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: There's nothing unclear about that. The Electoral College elected him, and Congress signed and signed the document, certificates that said he's in there. Camel's in there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, like he was. Canada he votes was out, fully installed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, fully installed as president of the United States of America, whether he won or not. He was fully installed and is our president, and well, there's again, nothing that we can do he about won. that.
1: He was installed
0: as our president. Yes, he was installed.
1: So, like, there's nothing anybody can change about that.
0: Absolutely, no. I mean, he was installed. You can't change the fact that he was installed. Whether he won or not, he was installed. So that's just the way it
1: is. You say be the man Trump could be as if he had control over who the state sent to the Electoral College.
0: Oh, that's not what I mean. And you know that's not what I mean. You know exactly what I mean. I mean, be a man and do man things and stand. And Trump was a coward and he did not stand like a man. He stood down like a bitch and said, oh, we'll give it two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. It'll be fine. Don't worry, everybody. Because, you know, when you no longer have the law as your last recourse, of course, you rely on the law as your last recourse, even though it is not your last recourse. And that's what Trump did. He was a coward and a bitch. You know what um, I mean. You know exactly what I mean. I'm not gonna say it, but you know what I mean.
2: Yeah, he sh-
1: <laughs> He should have been a man, up.
0: and he wasn't. He was a coward.
1: He showed up and he said he showed up and he said
0: Did you fuck my wife? Mm hmm. Was that was that good for you, Melania?
1: Did you fuck my wife? How oh, you gonna ask me that
0: question? Uh, but that being said, there is a small update on the uh, Brazil situation. Uh, the military yeah. has got uh, the um, the has got the Smartmatic voting machines in their possession. Yes, that brand that uh, uh-huh. that famous Venezuelan brand. Anyway, uh, so they've got those uh, they've got those in their possession. They've uh, released numerous pieces of evidence that. Uh, are incontrovertible by anyone other than the Supreme Court, which is odd because they're literally uncontrovertible, but the Supreme Court seems to think that they're not evidence, which is odd. And then, you know, you've got the statements of the head of the Supreme Court saying that we don't elect people. We choose them here. But anyway, you know, aside from all that oddness, uh, they've said that they will uh, not be releasing their findings. Hold
1: the fucking phone here. Oh. They they speak a romance language.
2: Mm Mm-hmm
1: here is is to choose in Spanish. It's basically the same in Latin and in Portuguese. Yeah, really close, yeah. To elect means to choose. It's It's not like to elect means to vote. It means to choose. Okay. It's the same fucking word. What I mean is like in English we have elect and choose. Mm-hmm. It it's not the same in a romance language. Okay. So I mean if he was speaking English, I get it, but like if he's speaking Portuguese, it'd be redundant.
0: Okay. Well <laughs> I guess if he We don't elect said... people down
1: here, we elect people down here. Okay. Right. You do that.
0: Okay. Well, anyway, so I, I, I don't. I'm
1: it just struck me as odd the way that it was worded because, like, anyway.
0: Really? I, I mean, it it doesn't seem that weird to me. I well, mean, again,
1: if, if you're speaking in English, if you're speaking in English, you have multiple words for that that have their own malleable uh, connotations.
0: Right, but I mean, in Portuguese, "setoma" is taken that's nothing to do with voting that is to take that's the okay. Portuguese I mean so that, that, just literally they they aren't saying anything about elections they're saying I, I, I take
1: I thought you said to choose right. no
0: no no we do not win elections we take them uh, that is I'm literally quoting uh, Roberto okay, Barroso, well, yeah. the head of their supreme court which is essentially a mafia. Anyway. But, yeah, yeah, no, it, it, I mean, you make a valid point if either one of, if that was an issue of discussion.
1: Well, it, I, it's moot because it was not the, it was me mishearing you.
0: No, oh, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it is sadly not the case. <laughs> not the case there at all. It's, I was uh, just
1: going to say, like, this. that just sounds retarded to me, like, in a, in a, Kind of viscerally stupid way. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> Speaking was, of viscerally stupid retardation. Oh
0: man, I've got a great one for you. I don't know if you saw this. At, uh, it was about four days ago. There was a um, school contest. Where the fuck was this? Uh, costume contest at uh, Jones College Prep well, in Chicago.
1: I can I can feel the stupid coming. <laughs>
0: Well, anyway, speaking of
1: visceral, it's it's twisting in, it's twisting in my gut already. Let's hear it.
0: Oh, you hold on. Let me give you the uh, the link to this here, and then I will. Uh, I'll have to. Uh, it's uh, it's just too good. It's too fucking good. All right, so um, there's this kid who's uh, worn the costume for the uh, day, the you know uh, Halloween and all that, and he is so wearing a. Uh, all right. So he is wearing a uh, a German. Historical military uniform. Okay. Obviously this is going to be offensive, right?
1: Okay. Well he's is wearing it World War One or World War Two or before post, or after?
0: Post two. As a matter okay, of fact. Okay, so he's wearing a German soldier's uniform. He is. And it's not a West German soldier's uniform. Either.
1: So he's wearing a communist uniform.
0: He okay. is. He is. So he's wearing
1: the winner's uniform. Yeah. Let's hear how this goes downhill.
0: Okay, so uh, this kid, David Lunia, he's a a senior at Jones Prep with a quote-unquote history of racism, sexism, and anti-Semitism. He's been... uh, Well, that's
2: both sides of that,
1: so it's okay, I guess. Because that would be historically accurate, wouldn't it?
0: Right. So uh, on Halloween, October the 31st, he uh, arrived at school in a... uh, how is this person describing it? I'll read it exactly as Alex from Twitter describes it. On Halloween Monday, October 31st, David arrived at school wearing a costume reminiscent of a Nazi uniform, telling other students he was a, quote, a German soldier from the 1940s, while later telling admin he was a Berlin Wall patrol guard. Or in other words, he was an East German soldier or a fucking commie, and he was probably hoping... Probably hoping beyond hope that uh, exactly this would happen,
1: and it did. And it did. I could could see why. Um, It's easy enough to do that.
0: It truly is. And so, a lot uh, of people are very dumb. So they uh, they had people show off their costumes at the end of the day, and you know, because he had done such a good job on his, he was allowed to go up on stage, and uh, you know, he did that that walk that we've seen so many uh, so many soldiers. Of, uh,
1: just say socialist, because that covers everybody involved. Yeah, and you're true. Gonna be, it's still correct. Not even like on a, it's a technical level, it's literally correct.
2: It is.
0: It is. And so, with that, I will include the link to the video, because... Oh, please share this shit, because it's fucking hilarious. And I will just read the quote directly from, my, from our friend Alex on Twitter. At the end of the school day, a costume contest was held during a free period... David signed up and was allowed to walk on the stage where he did the Nazi goose walk as well as the Nazi salute.
1: Uh-huh. Uh huh.
0: Now this goose walk is uh, more reminiscent of uh, the uh, United Soviet Socialist Republics, and the uh, Nazi salute is literally the United Soviet Socialist Republic salute. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's absolutely fucking hilarious. And anyway they uh the staff sent out some shit on this. that like, was the uh,
1: Russian walk that wasn't the fucking German walk
0: no no, not at all, so they looked Hold like on. idiots, and it was
1: yeah, it's because he's it's he pushes his hip out forward instead of holding it underneath his underneath his shoulders
0: mm hmm and he uh does the cross the chest thing and then the classic yeah. salute that you know, and then up the yeah, side salute, and... raise
1: the hand and then moves and yeah okay. This is fucking ridiculous. I mean, it's it's frankly it i it's equally offensive, but it's also not that offensive. It's stupid, but it's not offensive.
0: Yeah, no, and I mean, if he's real wily, he's probably real smart about how he did all this.
1: He's a class clown, is what it looks like.
0: It does, it does, and you know because, uh, well, because politics is pop culture then, you know, of course you're (laughs) going to fall into pop culture if you're Tom Foolery. So, yeah, there you go. It's uh, it's It's truly right. Speaking of
1: Tom Foolery.
0: Do tell, huh? Fetterman?
1: So this one's actually, it's funny. I didn't realize it was uh, this particular kind of... So, so Elon Musk on Twitter. And this is not going to go down the one road, but I'll come back to that other road uh, for the funny shit that's been going on. Oh, there's... So he said something... He said something amazing. um, Not in a good way to me. Twitter needs to become by far the most accurate source of information about the world, period. That's our mission, period.
0: a reasonable mission statement.
1: Periods being just periods, not the word period. Sure, sure, sure. So, this is like saying Twitter needs to be more like uh uh like a better Wikipedia is what it feels like he's saying. Like obviously not Wikipedia, but like Oof. But, but like I'm sorry Like that that was kind of the mission of Wikipedia was like not to be the most accurate, but like to be Yeah, so that's got it he's in the chat he says accurate to who. That was um that was the uh, response by uh, Jack Dorsey um to Elon Musk.
0: Indeed. Directly. Actually. Now a
1: person named Kyle Kyle Grantham, um Responded, and this is the person who's the digital media manager at Newcastle Country Government, um, member chair of the Newark Club, Ohio U, former Delaware Online, Castle Tribune, uh, or whatever the hell, and then Courier Press, uh, SACB News. Says, uh, and and to do this, I'll let anyone who gives me money appear to be a legitimate source of news rather than just ensuring all legitimate sources of news are confirmed to be who they say they are. Elon says, "You represent the problem, journalists who think they are one sort of thing and only source of legit information." That's the big lie. And this dipshit Chris D. Jackson, who is uh, an operative, um, he's a, a, a Democrat operative. All right, 100% Democrat operative. This dipshit comes in and says, so basically on thinks Bubba's opinion is just as valid as credentialed journalists.
0: Mm-hmm. Or, in so, other words, just didn't even bother to bring his mask in with him to work that day, and, you know, just went full-on mask off.
1: Well, so I had something to say about this, because this has been something that's been kind of rampant in the industry as a problem. Um, your credentials as a journalist don't mean shit to the story. Ever. Period. Not a link. That's, that's a, a key lesson that journalism is supposed to hammer into your head, that you are doing what the every person could do. You're just doing it with small amounts of training, and then they are the experts. You are the one reporting their expertise. When it comes to citizen interviews, they have the firsthand witness knowledge. You do not. You write it down on your notepad, or you listen to it with a reporter, or you transcribe it later. You're not there to put yourself into the story either. That's the second major lesson that is taught in journalism is write the story. Don't be the story.
0: And for the love of God, don't make the story. Whatever you right. fucking do. So
1: I went ahead and responded to this one with uh, who does Captain BA in journalism at CNN interview, Chris? Uh, my, my intention here being the uh, the bubba that he thinks is less than the credential journalist. So your credentials mean shit to the content of a story. Unless you are the story, which should never happen in the first place, two lessons that are supposed to be hammered in while earning the degree, sit the fuck down. People like this are the problem. Oh yeah. The journalist is not the expert; it's the people the journalist is talking to. They're supposed to be able to be, they're supposed to be good at finding out who the expert is and then using their expertise. They're not supposed to be the one who's the armchair expert in the room. They're a conduit. That's supposed. They're a little more than a conduit. That's what they're supposed to do. We've we've somehow gone beyond that. You have far. You have you have them uh, using the, the They're using the uh, prestige of the position, to push. Political uh, positions and policy positions. Uh, they're they're not they're not following their their role as established through the legacy of the industry which is important
0: oh, yeah, it's part know, of the whole idea of having way. a well
1: informed populace the
0: whole idea of what journalism is and was
1: oh and speaking yeah, like, I know on some that note there are competent journalists and they're frustrated by this because their industry is being shat on and with good reason
0: well let's actually just let's touch on that for just a moment on competent journalism and a very competent piece of journalism that came out of NBC News uh, just a few days ago Sadly, it is no longer hosted on uh, the NBC News uh, YouTube page (laughs) or, uh, you know, on their main website. But it was an excellent piece of reporting, and I will link it below for all interested parties. But, um, well, out of San Francisco, they got some interesting new details that they were able to source by way of the police reports and personal interviews with individuals on the ground directly involved in the Paul Pelosi incident. And it would appear that that incident is incredibly more complicated than we've been led to believe. And right. uh, so so it seems that we were misled in the early days. There was, in fact, not a third individual. There was just a completely calm and collected Paul Pelosi who came to the front door and answered it and spoke with the police for some amount of time, after which the police uh, came in with him. The uh, the assailant, David DePay, uh then had some sort of altercation with Paul Pelosi and grabbed his hammer, Paul Pelosi's hammer, mind you, and then repeatedly struck him with it, at which point he was uh, tackled and taken into custody. So, so hold
1: on a second. Last time we were talking, there wasn't another person. So there was the cop... Paul Pelosi and, and uh, David DePay.
0: Yeah. And, and at the earliest times there was a, an unknown third individual that opened the door.
1: Okay. So I, I don't remember hearing anything about an unknown third individual. All I heard was that Pelosi opened the door to invite the cop in. Hey, I'm just having gay sex here with my buddy. Why don't you come listen to my, my captor tell you about how he's all of his devious plans. While I go to the bathroom to freshen up again. I don't remember there being a fourth party involved here uh, a third a third individual that the cop uh, arrived to all
0: right. well there was not that was just uh, early reporting
1: okay just to
0: clarify on we said
1: last time this is why I was confused by it because I, I it must have come after we were talking
0: yeah there was said to have been a third party involved there was not as far as all okay. reports tell us as of right now all right so that being said, yeah, yeah, it looks like there was something going on because this wasn't a nine eleven call. Wasn't nine one one, it was a wellness check. And well, that should, from
1: the kind of sounds that you can imagine coming out of that house, I could see how a neighbor would want to have someone do a wellness check.
0: Yeah, yeah, could be. Could be. So everything has grown. Very complicated. I don't know. And since that time, too, I should make note that...
1: carpentry or, doing carpentry or someone's getting off. I can't tell.
0: Maybe both. But with that, uh, since we're talking of constructing, this uh, did not help in the construction of the narrative. So, sadly, NBC News has removed it. Now, their specific reasoning was uh, not inaccuracy of the reporting, not for, uh, you know uh falsehoods or defamatory or libelous statements uh, not even privacy actually their specific statement was that it didn't meet their standards for journalistic reporting not honesty oh. not uh not integrity
2: Interesting.
0: journalistic reporting yeah so that should you know kind of tell you a thing or two
2: yeah, oh, yeah, hey, the old, uh, yeah, like you said, that it was right.
0: a solo game of hide the hammers, you know, and they were, uh, the hammers were found, indeed. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's really something. Well, speaking of embarrassing comedic moments, oh, which one are we going to talk about here? Because there's a lot.
1: Oh, there's uh there's a pair of them, and I thought, I said, we come back to the Elon thing. There's another, another direction things went. Uh, Elon decided to fairly enforce longstanding uh, Twitter policy for verified accounts. And to, Oh, you mean
0: for fact-checking? No, no, no. We'll get to that. We'll get to
1: that. But go on. Wait, we'll get to that later. Oh, yeah. well, last, well, actually, we, we can cover something in brief here as an allusion to that for later. You remember last time I, I mentioned the Birdwatch stuff? Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is the the, the Twitter uh, Twitter users doing the fact-checking.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, my favorite part about that one from last time, it happened midweek, was uh, someone saying, you know, oh, now Twitter is fact-checking the president or whatever, and, and someone put a Birdwatch on that one saying, no, Birdwatch is Twitter users. Yeah. <laughs> When they can't even get up the, the fact that they're upset about the fact-checks correct. Mm. They get fact-checked on that. Oh, fact-checked on a fact-check. Man, that's nice. That's like <laughs> a fact-check inception. Well, fact-checked on a complaint about getting fact-checked. It's like, get fucked. <laughs> Do. Do indeed. So, so anyway, um, yeah, so, so uh, a couple of uh, uh, people that, that pretend to be uh, comedians in their daily life um, decided to violate long-standing... Policy regarding well, verified. Well, let, user let,
0: hold on, hold on, hold on. Alleged comedians. Sorry, continue. Oh, No,
1: I said th- I said they they pretend to be. Oh, sorry, they're I didn't hear. You. Sorry, comedians. I didn't hear
0: you. I did not hear you say the pretend part. Then you know, your,
1: statement definitely is, your statement not comedians. is good. So, <laughs> thank you, Birdwatch. <laughs> so, so the longstanding policy on Twitter is that if you're a verified account. You're not supposed to change things like your name or your profile pic or anything like that uh, from from what it already identifies you as. You know, so you can like modify it, sure. Like you can, you know, change your middle name from your middle name to your middle initial or whatever. Well, like you Count can, Dankula uh, you can, becoming,
0: like, uh, you know, Justice Dankula.
1: Right. You can. You can, um, as long as it's very clear who it is. Like it's still you. You're allowed to change your profile picture from you to you. You know things like that. What you're not allowed to do is, with a verified fucking checkmark next to your name, change your profile, as in your user, as in your your presentation name, and your bio, and your pic, and your background image. You're not allowed to change all those to impersonate someone else who is also well. Actually, a let's, let me pause you for now. just a second. There, you're else. not really
0: allowed to change a number of those. Otherwise, you can lose your verification. Just Flat out. Well, the
1: whole, so the, it used to be that you would just lose your verification or you get your account suspended.
0: I mean, before you know, we're getting into had, impersonations or anything, just as a verified person, there's certain things you can't change.
1: Like I said, no, I, was, I was saying that this is all as a verified account. You're not allowed to change like all those things to impersonate someone. You're just oh, not right, allowed well, to well No,
0: it. I'm saying even beyond the impersonation, before you even get into impersonating anybody, <laughs> there are limits on what you can do. And then getting into the impersonation, you've to, really
1: crossed do line. You're not allowed to do it in such a way that it is no longer clear that you are, in fact, you. Right. So, if you make a parody account, even if it gets verified later, you're not allowed to suddenly become a parody of someone else again. You're you're that parody account. If you're a parody account in general, you're supposed to list somewhere in your bio or your name, either or, that you're a parody account. Or it must be abundantly clear that you're a parody to any reasonable person. So, basically, whatever drunk Twitter employee is looking at your account that day. Right. So, what Elon is has now made clear after a couple of suspensions, which so i will get to in a second, is that instead of just one of the places, now you should put if you're a parody, it should be both. It should it be abundantly clear that you're a parody. And you know the long-standing Twitter policy for verified checkmarks still counts, so you're not allowed to uh, make it not make it uh, ambiguous as to who you are. And you're not allowed to change it away from who you, you verified yourself as. Uh, that's actually part of the whole thing he's fighting against, by the way. Is it's this racket they had going on, and then also the bots that came in, the charging eight dollars for an, uh, verification. Um, Literally a racket. That, well, no. So here's the thing. It, 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 well. It's if it's a public product, it's not a racket, if right? I mean, that's why I say it was both,
0: literally a racket.
1: Beforehand, what happened is you'd get. So it used to be that before the, the current uh, modern incarnation of the verification application, you would uh, go through the entire verification application and then get denied. And so I, I've, just for for a fucking goof, I've been trying to get verified basis whole time, knowing full well I'm not going to. But it used to be like you submit all your identity documents and all that shit as you know, like you do the whole onboarding process as part of the app is what it used to be, and then you get denied. You, know, you get an email at the end that says, "Yeah, you're not eligible. Fuck you."
0: And then some individuals, we should note, but would then, be further also, followed great. up with by Twitter employees to ask them, great. "Do you maybe are you, do you still want that uh,
1: verification?" So I happen to know a guy who knows a guy who definitely isn't just me. Who could, uh, for about fifteen thousand dollars, get you a verification? So there's that side of things. Now the other side of it, which is which is more grotesque, and this is actually the part that Elon's likely trying to fight against uh, more directly. So that that is a smaller problem because that's that's basically a, a internal company grift. You know, that's you fire enough people and you're going to get rid of the problems.
0: Oh sure, sure. Actually, this so, is know, very similar for to the pay-for-play scheme that uh, that we talked about some while ago that got broken up in. Uh, New York city with their concealed carry, uh, licenses.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like it's, so, it's almost so the exactly the same thing trying that. to cover. The other thing he's trying to cover is there are bots that will go through it. There's, there is a minimal amount of stuff you have to do to get verified. And you know, there's different categories for verification. So the app now is broken out in such a way that you have to go through a filter just to get to the point where they'll allow you to complete the application. To get verified. It, it's no longer you put in all the work and then you get told to fuck off. It's you get to the point where they allow you or deny you to continue in the app. So you go through the, the different like little, you know, lists to see which part, which bin you fall into. And then there are requirements. If you haven't met the requirements, then you're not eligible to apply. Um, and so those are unfortunately that that is amenable to algorithmic um, uh, investigation, you know, from from someone else's end. You can suss through that, and if you have enough Twitter accounts, you can manipulate that. And there has been proliferation over the years of verified bots, verified BS accounts. And so what putting an $8 price tag on having one of those free accounts does is it raises the, uh, raises the price of getting a verified account, uh, through by at least an order of magnitude. So and it's definitely more than that. But just assuming that they spend $1 total compute time resources, computer time, uh, memory resources, all that stuff, supposing it only comes down to $1 per account, if you raise it up to 8 bucks an account, you've now just risen the uh, order of magnitude by one for how much it costs to get through that process and get that kind of verified account. Because people will buy and sell verified accounts. And, you know, the whole idea that you can't substantially change it, well, that requires someone to notice and complain. It doesn't just get flagged immediately. That's something that's probably not going to be able to be adjusted very much uh, in the near future. So putting a price tag on it first will, will significantly disrupt that industry. It'll It'll ruin it, which is part of what he wants. He doesn't want to have verified spam accounts out there. Well, that's fair. Which are a real thing, a real problem, and yeah, that's that's actually a real thing. It's, that that is a problem. Fifteen thousand I mean, dollars. Matter of fact, that's uh, one of the major problems kind of... with Twitter. Well, so you have to understand that the vast majority of traffic on Twitter is driven by bots, but they're the bots that we want. You know, and it's not just like gimmick accounts with, or, or things like that. It's 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 things like weather accounts. Uh, um, you know, the, there's there's I mean there are gimmicky bot accounts like. Uh, uh, the, the one for Nancy Pelosi uh, Sunday Sunday morning good morning Sunday morning um, that goes off every Sunday like that's that's just a bot account people also hook automation into their accounts but so the largest the large lion's share of, of activity on Twitter is automated in some way and a lot of it is driven by bots that we want bots that we like that we ask to do so like there are reminder accounts out there that you can DM, and they'll, they'll send you a DM when it's time to remind you of stuff
0: or the class kind of thread unroller um, you know that's one yeah, that exactly.
1: everybody uses so these are all good these are all above board they they say their accounts there's even a way to make a bot account and then register it as as uh, a bot for another user so that so basically if you make a registered bot account on Twitter now if you go through the API to make a bot account then you have a another account that must be its human handler. So there's a human connected to it somewhere. So I've got, I've got one of those. That I've been dicking around with it too, and and that's that's a thing that's that's good. What's not good is the spam bots to come out. You know, they like DM you, Hey, by the way, you just won. Uh, such you remember. Hey, are uh, you interested uh, in crypto? I've got this
0: great it. opportunity available.
1: Exactly. Like I've been getting for this past week. I've I got a a bunch of people that. So I'll 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 put out my. Uh, my daily or so because I've been getting lazy about it uh, tweet that I, I manually do with my own hands uh, for the um, that crypto that I've been I've been following around for a few years but I don't like tag other people in it and then and then make it a spam thing I just put it out on my timeline and it's done what I've been getting for the past week or so is people who have been linking uh, have been tagging in five or six uh, randoms that have nothing no bear no no reference back to them they're brand new accounts they, they tag in several people and they have some new nft they're pushing and that is the kind of spam that we're talking about that Elon wants to get rid of is is that's a good example of that kind of bad spam well not Sammy to mention has- that literally all of
0: his replies are absolutely just oh, littered it's with bad. with those specifically crypto scans
1: well, it's because... Almas mentioned doggy coin once and now everyone thinks he can be an indicator. It's like, Hal, your shit's not that important. So, I mean, you remember uh, a couple episodes back, I mentioned there was the one with the DM uh, that was, what was they, they, they got the conversion backwards because they are dipshits. Um, but it was, you know, they, they tried to get to a dollar amount and then put it into crypto, but they ended up doing it in, in uh, yen instead. Or Chinese yen. Mm, smart. Yeah, they they they, fought, they they didn't they didn't do their Google foo correctly, and it was off. Anyway, um, idiots. That's that's all. That's another kind of spam that people have been getting recently. Is is uh, these these uh, Chinese um, uh, crypto accounts that will DM you saying, "Hey, you know, you won stuff," or uh, the multi-factor one that we I uh, talked about recently, um, where the uh, you know, they came and said, "Hey, uh, so I'm a student, and I fucked up, and here's all my data to get the thing." You know, if only you could move it for me. Uh, not leaving out the fact that there's no base crypto in there. So, for instance, um, uh, NFT has to be transferred between two different Ethereum addresses using Ethereum.
0: Or, in other words, um, I'm a Nigerian prince that won the UN lottery.
1: Well, no, it's not. It's not even that. It's, it's more pathetic, but it's also more devious. So, the fact is, you can assign with a uh, with with a sharded chain like that, you can assign a uh, multi sig authorization, which is a good security feature. What that means though is that you're gonna go in there and see that they have oh they have all the US, this USDT I and I I want to go ahead and move that to my own Tron wallet or whatever. And so you go in there and you say, oh well, they don't have any of the base currency. I'll just go ahead and put like a you know just enough for a transaction and, and then move it. And then you try that and the problem is you don't own the authorization address, because that is registered to somebody else. But you think you do up until the point where you try to move the currency. And when you try it and they get a notification on their end, hey, do you want to allow this? They just go ahead and take what you put in. Even if you genuinely want to help someone like this and you say, hey, I set up another address for you. Here's the data for it. You know, Here's the, the private key and the, and the backup passwords and all that other shit. And then you say, I'm going to go ahead and move the stuff into it, so it's you know you can move it onto an exchange and then try to help them out. The conversation will never get to that point because they'll just take what you put in to move it, and then they'll go and they'll wait for the next person to get caught up in the DM dragnet. You've got to remember that these are these are just bots. They work on scale; they don't work on individual. So it, this kind of crap is it's it's like the robocalls in the U.S. right now. It's it's bad, you know. There's there's things that have been done to kind of countermeasure against it. I still think that if what we really need to do is find the hard lines in the Karachi and cut them with an axe, and then anybody who shows up next to them trying to fix it should get shot in the head. You know, like on the ear or something, so they won't die, but they should get the fucking point.
0: Well, I mean, they could probably be uh, jailed for some sort of crime against humanity, I imagine.
1: Yeah, but not in Thank Pakistan.
0: That's the problem. Well, Pakistan can deal with them.
1: Well, like I also said before the same, on this same show, I, uh, I also think that if, you know, if it doesn't work for Karachi, I think the hard lines into Pakistan ought to be chopped to the max. I think someone should use a fucking big-ass multi, multi-blade-width chainsaw and grind through that fucker all the way down to the concrete so that there's a big-ass gap and they have no chance in
0: hell of patching that shit. So, we haven't been covering it, but I have been kind of following it. And just to make a quick note, Imran Khan yeah. is uh, still fighting against what uh, many of the Pakistani populace believe to be a completely illegitimate election. And <laughs> he's um, he's been... A, utterly peaceful about it and doing it the right way. Recently got, uh, shot actually. So, Damn. yeah, it's, it's real weird. And, uh, gonna, so I'll who did you hire to shoot him? Oh, uh, I don't know, probably occurred or something.
1: <laughs> oh, so getting to the accounts that I was actually trying to get to there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The two accounts that got suspended um, amongst probably, many, amongst
0: and, many noteworthy
1: suspensions. Uh, amongst several, also, so so I'll, I'll talk about three accounts because one of them, well, one of them you're gonna love, uh, but two of them are just gonna kind of run out of the mill here. Sure. So uh, uh, Kathy Griffin
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Uh, decided to convert her entire profile to look like Elon's, except of course for her handle, because you're not allowed to change your handle when you're verified. Period. Um, so like you know me being at CraigBob99, that's. Yeah, your at has got uh, to so say. She, Yeah, so I can change mine right now. I could add a nine on there or, you know, put in a whole bunch of other letters, whatever. Kathy Griffin gets Kathy Griffin's handle and that's it. Uh, if she wants to get another handle. She has to verify a different account or whatever. And if I'm not mistaken, I
0: think that was the uh, the thing that they got Milo with as well.
1: Uh, so Milo was just being an ass, uh, as far as I can tell. Was it? That it was somebody that, that they amazing. got from
0: where, he cha- where they changed like, their actual name name.
1: So, like, they'll pick. So, the other thing is, is they've had issues where they just they don't give you the right fucking reason anyway, where they give you no reason. Uh, so, anyway, uh, Kathy Griffin decided to become Elon Musk and say dumb shit. So, Kathy Griffin uh, violated a bunch of different Twitter rules all at once and then got held accountable and got really upset. Yeah. So, she came back on. Now, and mind you, this is an unverified account. She came back on on her dead mother's account. She did. Uh,
2: Classy lady. She complained about
1: this. Because she can't fucking stay off of Twitter to make a complaint. She doesn't have anybody to talk to, I guess, off of Twitter in order to talk to come back onto Twitter to say, Hey, I spoke with Kathy Griffin and she's really upset right now. She had to come on her dead mother's account. She did. And people people were very upset that people found this very, very funny because it's very fucking funny that she is so goddamn desperate for for her, her her fucking, her gold star on her weekly calendar there that she had to claw her way back through on her dead mother's account.
0: Well, I don't, I don't know if she's going to catch this episode, but if by some small miracle, you're listening, Kathy, it's going to be super, super easy to get this resolved here in like just a couple weeks. Maybe not even that. You can just send old Elon eight bucks and you'll have it right back. Problem solved. Easy peasy.
1: Well, I mean, she did violate the rules, so she might not. Who knows?
0: Hey, I'm just glad so anyway, uh, the man himself uh, um, posted the offer out there.
1: That's yes, fair enough. So, um, additional notable dipshit, um, unfunny asshole, uh, Ethan Klein, decided to follow suit and uh, say, well, the first bug got zapped by the uh, bug zapper. I suppose if I fly between the screens, it can't happen to me, right? And uh, what do you know? When he decided to piss on the electric fence, got his bully zapped. You don't. So, say uh, that. so yeah, he was he was upset. You know, all kinds of upset about this. And Hassan Abi, another, uh, it's the fourth one, not a third. Hassan Abi uh, chimed in and pulled an AOC, who would be the fifth person here. Oh,
0: shall I make note uh, Hassan being a noteworthy coward, <laughs> a, a internationally known coward. A man so full of fear that he would not dare fight Sam Hyde. Anyway, please continue.
1: Yes. So that, that coward, in particular, mm-hmm. uh, made the same exact um, gigantic mistake that um, Alack. Uh, sorry. Oh, man. Alac- Alexandria Occasional Cortex. There's, there's so many different funny names that I was throwing in there at the same time. They got wedged in the doorway, so to speak. Um... Anyway, occasional like cortex uh, first came out saying, you know, people aren't going to pay $8 for free speech on Twitter. That's not free. It's like, shut up, lady. You're talking about the badge, not not using Twitter. But Hassan couldn't help himself, same exact shit. Um, just like to help clear up what, what has been proposed so far. Um, it, it's, it's, it is a little bit confusing because the way people were talking about it, and that's kind of intentional because the uh, media orgs really do not like Twitter being out of their control. Well, they're trying to and do so the Google last all thing with to this, too. The reported, all the reported chaos at Twitter is uh, is because of their inability to control situations. They're spreading, intentionally spreading lies, and so this is one of them that that you will not be able to use Twitter without paying $8 or, or that you'll be uh, de-boosted uh, if you don't pay the $8 or what have you. What has been suggested is that as another tier of Twitter blue... You get access to the application to get verified. And that, if you're already verified, you get three months to get into the paid program to be grandfathered in. You don't have to go through the verification process. Uh, just as all a by the by,
0: I've read some on this, haven't seen a full verification of it, but it seems legacy verifications are going to be grandfathered.
1: Well, no, so again, we'll be grandfathered in, but they have three months to begin paying as part of another tier of Twitter Blue. If they stop paying, if they don't pay after three months, their verification status goes away. All
0: right, no, that's not that what, what I've heard. Post- no, I've, this that's is post- actually post- earlier bar. today. So okay. now, again, I can't verify that. I've only seen this as like tertiary reporting. I haven't got it from like Elon. But the reporting as of now is legacy accounts are going to be grandfathered in, but I don't know what that means. Maybe there'll be a whole new level of verification or multiple levels, honestly, which there probably should be.
1: Well so I mean Bats is echoing what I heard earlier too, which is that so check forks only three months and then have to pay. Again, I mean, so I, the I point, would point here no being though like, the point here being though that the idea is to move verification from being something that Twitter offers out to people that are specific, uh without having known metrics to get verified to doing what every other social media org that does verification properly does, which is you pay the fine, present the your ID,
0: here you go, we're done.
1: So, so it's called a KYC process, know your customer mm-hmm. process. And, it's, and you basically what happens is you submit your identity documents, they go to a third party, which is paid on a per identity processing uh, application basis. So every time they go through and say, "Yep, that's a person. That's this is who they say they are, and that's verified." Um, that is that is a paid thing, but we're we're not talking about a significant amount of money. But it's you know it's certainly more than zero. So eight. So in my opinion, eight dollars once would be more than enough to cover it. But there's also other things that you have to consider. Verified users currently get verified user only notifications if they want. There's a third tab. You don't just have notifications, mentions. You have those two, and then another one that says verified. And this is one of those AOC-isms. She was looking at that tab, when she said, I haven't gotten any notifications. Clearly, Elon is throttling me or whatever. It's like, no, you dipshit. You're just looking at the wrong tab. If you went ahead and went to mentions, you would see all the people who were telling you how stupid you are. So anyway, the idea is that uh, Twitter blue as it is right now, it's like 3 bucks a month. And I've I've been I've been on it for a little while just to like to to fuck around you know like if I don't like it I'll get rid of it and I got rid of it the once and I went, eh, I'll I'll stick it with it for just a little bit longer, um, just to, like I was trying to get a feel for the different tools that I had so I could I could speak intelligibly about them, sure. and like frankly if I was going to use Twitter as it is right now I, I I do not need Twitter Blue, it's not necessary it doesn't really enhance a whole lot and it's not it's not a good pay proposition for a customer.
0: Not a good value. Uh, you know, added, three bucks so. a
1: month, three three dollars a month is a bit much. I mean, even with the inflation we've had, it's still like I thought two dollars was a bit steep before when it was proposed, and then when it went up to three, I said I'm only going to stick with this for like a year, and, and then even that's still long. Anyway, point being here, the idea for the verification is that you have these other resources which are being which are involved. You have additional staff members which are involved with additional perks that are supposed to be rolled out and there are additional perks that are part of Twitter blue so if they have and, and Twitter blue as a thing already exists as a a block in their their modular chain of tools so to speak it's a thing that already exists at Twitter same way verification is a thing that already exists at Twitter so when Elon said that by today uh, he wanted verification to be part of Twitter blue like another tier of it you don't have to streamline everything under the hood if you have good APIs to write against, so application programming interfaces. Sure. So basically, if you can call to a block of code a function name and it does a thing that the function name is supposed to do, then you don't have to talk to all the other little functions inside of the thing. You just have to call the one function on the out that that is expressed on the outside. So like like if you want to talk to a person and get to know them you don't like have to reach inside their mouth and pull their lungs out to see if they breathe oxygen, right? Like you don't have to get down that low level in order to figure out, yeah, they're just another person. Same kind of idea exists here as as a modular code unit. You know, you have Twitter blue that's a thing that can be applied to accounts. You have verification, which can be applied to accounts. It's not all that out of the realm of possibility for you to go, okay, copy and paste the Twitter blue thing to make another tier of Twitter blue. We can, kind of put those things in together later, do the same kind of thing with verification, and ta-da. You, you patch it together quick enough where you can get the database values um, distributed into the system ahead of time. You can get it out there, you can streamline it all later to make it all look pretty, but the fact of the matter is you can get that shit done in a week. Like that—that That is not a... That is not as big of a, a, uh, um, an ask as people have been, been uh, haranguing it to be. Oh,
0: yeah. A lot, of the, uh, a lot of this is all just in pretty simple implementation and can be done. But uh, our friend but back yeah, here like, yeah, he a, he's a, he's made a good lively. point, though, as well, in, the, uh, in some of his comments that weren't necessarily to the public but were, in fact, uh, to an investor meeting where he has uh, right. essentially mentioned a paywall. Or, uh, if not necessarily a paywall, more of a, a pay to win kind of scheme at Twitter, that being boosting oh, yeah. those who are not uh, verified or not subscribers, and boosting. Well, here's ones the thing: out.
1: is is if you look at the if you look at the um, the current pipeline of data that goes through Twitter, that's all already happening. It's not like it isn't. The fact of the matter is, it's still personalized to everybody in the system that already happens no matter what if you go if you if you um so for example if you go to the, the the main page in the phone app and you have not gone up and pressed the little magic stars up in the corner and then set it to i want to see the newest tweets first then you're getting exactly what he's talking about already
0: right now mind you of course as it is currently you have to do that on a regular basis because it switches you back without your permission.
1: Well, yeah, when it updates the app, it, it doesn't it because fuck you. That's why, but, uh, point here being like, if, Oh, and if actually, you know this, what, before I, before I forget about this,
0: uh, before I forget about this, cause it is actually important and talking about updates to the app. There is an update to the app very recently regarding shared tweets. When you share a tweet, it will have H it will have the URL, the, uh, Username slash status slash tweet number, usually to be followed with a question mark slash uh, underscore ST or something like that that says the, uh, I think, OS. They've recently added a very long string of characters that is complete tracking all of Facebook. So, you can just delete that when you're sharing tweets to uh, share just oh, yeah, everything week. after
1: the original tweet uh serial number so to speak but everything uh, after
0: the question mark is basically is all gobbledygook yeah. and elon musk has said as much himself but i just wanted to mention that in case we kind of didn't get to it because it's a little thing but it oh, is sure, kind of yeah. important
1: well so the the uh the next thing to, to get to here is uh, i did mention there was a third person um uh, and so of course uh, when you think internet drama involving tech companies or media and, and journalism somehow being involved. Um, what do you think is the root cause of it? What, what it has to be the root cause. What do you mean? What, what Frankenstein corpse of nonsense is going to be ultimately alluded to here.
0: I mean, we're talking about the U S and politics, so it's all Frankenstein corpses of nonsense.
1: Oh, it's all Gamergate, isn't it? Oh,
0: Jesus Christ! Where I think I saw something so about. Here, so here's dumb the shit reason.
1: Recently. Here's the reason why. Here's the reason why I brought that up. It's actually I'm I'm doing it in a bit of a reverse way this time around. The personality, the third person I was mentioning that tried oh, the whole right. Elon thing. Didn't get dinged either because apparently he is just not popular enough. Chris Warcraft, that jockey doucheface.
0: I'm a little small, you could say, a small man. That
1: has been piece of shit. Decided to try and get back into the whole controversy thing. Maybe he thought this was his way of getting his account deleted without having to do it himself, pussy. Anyway, he uh, he went ahead and tried to be, a, be yet another Elon, and uh, nobody gave a shit. And so he was whining about it. You know, this is unfair treatment. It's like, well, do you want to get your account banned? <laughs> no, I thought he did get banned. Loser! I did. He finally because he was complaining that he wasn't getting banned for a while. Yep.
0: Oh wait, it's is it Chris Warcraft?
1: I believe it was.
0: Yep. So suspended.
1: Good. Fuck him.
0: Yeah. So uh, yeah, it is. By the by, Chris Warcraft. So I don't know, just so you know. Or was, oh, yeah. I should right. say, if I want to be him. honest, we are about the honest reporting here. After all, <sighs> so sad, so sad for him. And but yeah, anyway, uh, uh,
1: that dipshit got his name back into uh, into into things.
0: <laughs> well, and I uh, got it right back out pretty quickly. Bravo. Oh, oh, oh! And uh, speaking of uh, Frankenstein monsters and dipshits, uh, did you catch Biden's comments a couple of days ago about uh, coal plants? You know, right before uh, this thing that's
1: happening, right before elections, where he's saying that we're not doing any more drilling, we're not doing, we're uh, we're shutting things down. Oh, yeah. oh! I didn't even get to oil. No, we're just talking about coal plants. But you do make this, a good point. This was like yesterday when he did a presser, and he's like, "Oh yeah, no yeah, more that's drilling. yesterday."
0: Well, the day before no yesterday. He, uh, well, actually, the day before that, he had some comments about shutting down coal plants. And then, of course, the day after being the fifth, he regretted I'd making I shut them all
1: comments. down. They're not coming back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's
0: really funny how that works Learned out. Learn
1: to code. <laughs> I do remember. Uh, yeah, um, that's been one of the funnier bits of the whole layoffs thing the 3,700 getting their asses shit canned from Twitter. Is. Learn to code has made a comeback. Fuck them. Yeah, true. Maybe if they learned to code, they would still be working there. False Instead of enough. learning to jack off and call it social media policy.
0: That's true. That's true. And uh, if we're to believe some of the day in the life of uh, kind of videos that were out there, I have to say that Twitter employees uh, were not living rough.
2: A, so those really
1: were, uh, that was a series of of commercials, effectively, uh, because, you know, influencers and bullshit. Oh, sure. That was a series of, so, of uh, social media commercials designed to get younger people excited about getting into the tech industry to take over for the generation that's currently aging into it. Doesn't
0: necessarily send the best message, but yes. Yes, well, the
1: problem is it sends the message that... that it, 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 so the reason why these companies have are, are, are so... They they, are, they have too much capital behind them. They, they aren't doing jack or shit with. And they are not spending it appropriately within the company to promote better employees. Um, instead, they are... They're basically doing this shitty form of daycare. Um which is dystopian and extreme. But they're doing this shitty form of daycare for a lot of people that that do not contribute to the company and because of, of the oh, way the that world. they've been leveraged because of the way that they've been leveraged, they are not um they are not long term profitable. And they, they they will not be until they get people in there that are going to work again. I give your 30 minutes of memo. Like, so here's the thing. If, if in, a, in a good eight hour day, a good eight hour work day, it's been shown you get about four hours of, of real work out of a, a competent and motivated employee. That sounds reasonable. Like yeah, the rest. The, so, so like, you know, between, between switching between tasks and re, refocusing yourself and, and having to deal with fucking memos and emails. Like you get about a solid four hours out of an eight-hour workday on average. You know, there's there's better and worse days, etc. If your day has all this extra fluff to it, and all of that is being paid for by the company, like the a typical company will put in about twice the resources a, com- a person takes home, total spent on an employee. So your base, your your the pay you take home with you. Um, sorry, you're, let me rephrase that. Your pay, including the stuff that the government steals from you, so not your actual take-home pay, but your your salary uh, or your hourly, etc. The company pays about twice that total for all the benefits and and additional taxes uh, that because you work there, etc. So that's like a minimum. Uh, it's it's two to three times your your uh, your what you get out of the company that the company ends up spending on you. So you have to produce more than two to three times your cost to the company in value for the company to justify your expense to the company. Otherwise the company's not getting anything out of you. It's, it's even or losing money at that point. Right? Sure. So if you're not make, if you're not making the company at least twice your salary, you're a cost to the company, which is why people will get fired. So if a person shows up at the company, expects to get the company to serve them breakfast, which means another employee, by the way, uh, expects the company to serve them lunch and dinner, et cetera, provide them gym resources, which is another employee for cleaning up, uh, expects the company to um, provide them certain uh, intangibles involving uh, uh, getting uh, uh, comps at, at uh, different venues, et cetera, like all these things are, are costs the company has to cover at some level, somewhere. This And if your return free, on investment, if your return on an investment is thirty minutes of a meeting in the afternoon, you're a bad investment. It and that's what I mean, Clearly, like clearly, there's some work that's being skipped over in these videos. Uh, so. It's a, to justify, and also clearly, it's these these people. Their job is to live this lifestyle to a certain extent. So they are they are partly the product they're selling to the labor market to get more employees to come in. So it's not like that is impossible for them as the influencer to to live that lifestyle. It's that the run-of-the-mill employee is not going to be living a lifestyle. It's not. It's it is not an economically viable situation for a company to live that way. It doesn't happen. So, you know, the, the, uh, um, the way it is being kind of exoticized to bring in new talent is, is a, a, again, it's a commercial, but it's not all a lie. And that's why 3,700 out of 7,200 employees disappeared from Twitter just recently.
0: Oh, well, yeah. I mean, the coding does have to happen and the work does have to get done at the end of the
1: day. So you have people like these sociologists that were complaining on Twitter about the entire trust and safety team going away. You were the problem, people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, my favorite. Um, the the, uh, the media have been calling, uh, have been saying that you know, Twitter's in chaos. Nobody should go to use Twitter for uh, election coverage, et cetera. Or we got we're gonna have to see what happens. Like yeah 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 we get it. You are really upset that you don't have your thumb on the button anymore. You're not you're not putting your finger on the scale. You're done. Um, that whole phase of your existence is gone now. You're gonna have to do it the old-fashioned way, where you are not only louder than other people, uh, you're louder on the same level, and you're more correct because otherwise people will just ignore your ass. And that's what it's gonna. That's where it's turning towards, and that's a good thing.
0: Wow. So- Let's hope it continues anyway.
1: Also, so so the axe has been used, you know, or the chainsaw, we should say in this case. The chainsaw has been used. It's, you know, the... Also,
0: should make note, too. There was a pretty sizable set of layoffs as well at uh, Facebook or Meta. Oh, we're going to get
1: to that in a second.
0: But this is kind of an across-the-board thing because there's something going on right now that involves money and people in the world. But anyway, yeah, you were saying?
1: Yeah. So, so the 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 axe has been used, and now it's time for the scalpel work. Um, you can probably expect another few hundred layoffs at Twitter before Elon gets done. Elon was also talking, however, to his investors about growing the company beyond the original basis that he had bought it at. So now that he's gutted it and got rid of all the people that he definitely doesn't want to be there, he's lo- he's looking at expanding again. Here, that's the idea: is that he's gonna look at expanding again. Um, and you know, if I was a if I was a software engineer looking in the industry, I would not want to work at a place like Twitter for about a solid five years, just for the way oh, that yeah. you know the cycle will come around. Well, it's it what happens. I mean, it's beyond the elections being involved. Um, well, there's a whole lot have, of shit that's got to get you cleaned up. Well, you get, it's not even that, because like, that's that's just good work. That's that's work that will that involves you. That's that's not the problem. You have this. You have a whole bunch of people, so they they saved four hundred million dollars on thirty seven hundred employees. I don't know how the fuck they could injusti- they could have justified four million dollars. These weren't all the bottom tier employees. These were whole departments, and then a bunch of useless fuckers at the bottom. Uh, you know, a bunch of company bloat that got cut out of it. Quite so that lot. means you know, if, if you it's still it's still biased south of the mean for the pay in the company. That's what I'm getting to Here is It's likely still four million million for 3700 is still lower than probably what they're spending on the rest. They're probably going to end up spending more on the rest, but the difference is you'll probably end up seeing a larger pay ratio across the company, your your top-to-bottom pay ratio. As you pay people that you like who are doing good work to stay there and you disincentivize others by not pay, not giving them as high of a bonus, for example, not paying them as much Upon entering for a position that's less important. Uh, So less important roles being um, being demoted down the chain, so to speak, will help with that. So they get to end up with this pay ratio, but the overall pay is still too high to be justifiable, which needs to be lowered, which means that the bonuses year over year overall are not going to be up to par. And at some point, you're going to have your business cycle come to an end and you're going to have to compress And so that's where it's going to be: take a pay cut or quit. And I'm not seeing that happen. Like that, your business cycle is generally on the order of five years, somewhere between you know two and ten, about five years. And uh, um, when it comes to like after, so the best time to be a uh, a person showing up to Twitter for work would be just before the sale, and being one of the people who stays afterwards, even though you're end you're going to end up getting shafted maybe later on you still have that early opportunity you're already got your foot in the door you're in early when you needed to be there or the person who comes after the whole structure gets compressed down a bit that's when it's time to jump in and i'll be around you know probably around 5 years away from uh, today and that'd be a time that uh, you know cuz i was i was asked you know if someone should join up on twitter you know they they just moved companies so they go to twitter now and it's like, I, I wouldn't do it, not for at least five years. Yeah, it's just not yeah, a stable place they, to be. Well, the 2024 election was brought up as, uh, ah, it's because of the election. It's like, no, that's not even it. It's because, as a business, they are going to be rearranged. They're going to be incentivizing certain uh, changes in, in their business Now, policy. depending
0: on your personality, now might be the perfect time to get into Twitter. But you'd have to be a hyper-competitive and very competent individual
1: yeah so that's the thing is is that is
0: and those two things are fresh, not super common these days especially so not the in problem
1: again the problem again isn't whether or not you're going to advance up in the company it's it's relative to other positions you could be placed in at other competitors are mm-hmm. you going to advance as far and if, you look, a, like, if you look at things like that's a very fair consideration if you look at other things like career opportunities and, and, and career improvements or skill set improvements, maybe those can be just, maybe those can justify it on a, uh, on a decision matrix. But if you're talking about just going to the company, doing your grind, maybe advancing within the company and that's it. Like you're not, not like branching out to other companies afterwards, not doing a, uh, a monkey branch before the business compression happens, you know, for the, where the top of the empire comes collapsing kind of it. Sure. Um, Think, think removing the stilts from below the metal part at the top of the pyramid. You know, it's when it when that comes crashing down, the stone beneath is not going to stop it for a little while. So the people up top getting paid getting paid more are gonna take deeper cuts. So if you stay there long enough for that to happen, you're gonna have a you now have a gap where you have to find another job or you have to accept this loss in income. That's the part that it becomes a problem. It's that, and that's brinksmanship which you don't need for job security. Right? You want to have a stable job. You know, that's not going to be a place to go. You want a job with good advancement opportunities. That's a place to be for a little while, but those are going to have limited return on your time investment. So this is where I was, I'm saying, like, if you know, if you're just trying, you're talking about doing a grind. This is a person who's, who is at the stage in their career will probably just be doing more of a grind. Um, no matter how innovative they are, and they are very innovative. Uh, it's not going to be like that early phase where you, you branch out more to get different opportunities. It's more like you, you've you started to settle in the industry. This is not the time to go to a high, higher risk company like that in terms of pay. So, sure, sure. I mean, I said, it sounds, okay sounds kind of like
0: what you're saying is it might be a place to make a name for yourself.
1: You can, but the problem is the name has to be worth more than the loss in income you might accrue incur later that's true the name true. the name would have to be a bigger pay bump at another company the aim that's would fair. not be although staying that being
0: fair. said Twitter in its current incredibly chaotic state might be a very good place to network because a lot of people are going to be coming and going over the next few months but again so that falls be, back to my prior you um you know
1: you don't have enough time that's the thing. So you get names you'll get names but you're not going to have enough info to know if they're good names mm-hmm You'd have to. So this again, this is a thing where it's like, okay, you're thinking of the company after Twitter. It's just again, it was not a bad thing. That's that's a great thing to think about. That's actually very important. But if you're in a more established position, you're a senior software engineer, for example, you might not need to expose your your net worth to that kind of risk and uh, uncertainty in your pay.
0: And speaking of exposure and uh, moving around, we should go ahead and mention to, uh, I imagine it won't really fall onto any of our listeners. You never know, though. But uh, right. if you were thinking about moving to Mastodon, just uh, make a quick <coughs> note that um, the administrators of oh, the servers good, that you join have uh, full access to not only your passwords, but also your direct messages. So,
1: you know, uh, well, enjoy so this Mastodon. is why I like Chloroma. Chloroma. So, so what I like about Pleroma is I don't have that. So I, I have an instance that I, I set up to fuck around with it, and uh, um, and yeah. So you have you have unfettered access to a lot, which, frankly, it's your server space You fucking should, unless you promise otherwise, in which case you should stick to what you say. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 it is entirely. You should read the agreements you sign when you sign them, even if it's clickwrap. This is a big ins- This is a big case of that. So, um, what you can do in Pleroma is not—it's—it's it's not that you can see the password that was used before. You can assign a new password. Oh, really? Period. Huh. Yeah. Well, this is this is an admin task. You, you know, you should be able to now. The the task that is more secure and the one that would be done by a competent admin and would be immediately questioned otherwise by a competent client, so you the user, is you can force a password reset and send the password reset email right there from the admin side of things, which is nice. That's, that's fantastic because that is that is much more secure, and the two emails look very different. There's no way for you to get in there really easily and, and fuck with that uh, unless you get really deep under the hood. So you could fudge it if they look the same, but then again, that's going to get noticed pretty quickly. And the thing about the Fetty is there are tons of instances out there. And more importantly, this is the part that I think you're getting to, which I think is hilarious, uh, that, that kind of spurred it. A lot of normies have been trying to get into the Fediverse, and they are upset, and it is hilarious. Yeah, it's not exactly Twitter. Well, here's the thing: is is you're so people were so. Uh, for instance, the whole post versus Chudbuds thing, you know, if you don't get too deep into for for the how and why and, and whatnot, but there's there's a finer thing that needs to be said there, which is something I, I was mentioning to other users who are getting frustrated with trying to move accounts between these two different Fediverse instances, and that is, be everywhere you want to be, and often more than once if possible. So make multiple accounts. Yeah, it's confusing or complicated. If you're an idiot, you don't use something like a password manager. Oh, use a password manager. I will. Uh, there's that, a it, on that specific note.
0: Actually, I dropped a link. I think in general to a we've Kickstarter password
1: stuff for a
0: uh, for a hardware password manager. I'll include that below, and uh, I'll throw the link in sure. the Snapchat. It's a neat looking thing. It's a cool piece of tech.
1: Well, we've we've talked extensively about Opsec before. Oh yeah, uh, you, quite you, you, extensively. You pinged me several times to talk about the different tools I use and and like to rattle off some names and, and give some links, and we've done that, and, and that's that's all well and good. The thing is, uh, if you if you want to deal with different places in the Fediverse, and you don't want to have an instance with one set of rules clash with another instance with other set of rules, make an account on both. There's nothing saying you can't do that. And if you agree to sign up, if you agree, if you sign up at an instance and you agree that you will not have an account on any other instance that they don't agree with uh, for whatever reason, like, you know, say there's, a, there's an instance that says if you um, make an account on another instance and they permit the usage of the word rabbit, then we will ban your account. Then it is entirely within your prerogative whether or not you want your account banned on the one instance that is upset that other people will get to say rabbit. So, just to be clear, it's, it's entirely up to you. You can make as many of these accounts and as many different places as you want within their own rules, you know, and subject to being caught, etc. Uh, it's more of a Wild West feel. It's more like the Twitter 2012 kind of feel. Uh, back when Twitter rightfully was able to say in, in a uh, uh, congressional hearing... The free speech uh, wing
0: of the free speech party?
1: We are the free speech wing of the free speech party. Oh, so things. I got to explain that to somebody today um, early in the morning. Someone brought the, you know brought this up, and I said, well, look, because the, uh, um, the whole thing with Liz Fong Jones going after uh, Kiwi Farms and, and so on, again, more stuff that we don't need to get into the details and the weeds of. Sure. But it brought up something important here because they're going after the very secure architecture of the internet itself. If you get a tier 1 backbone node to start acting politically, you will break the internet because they are it is specifically functional because they are agnostic of the traffic that they conduct. They they're they are meant to have no knowledge of what passes through, just that they pass it through. That's the whole fucking point of them. Yeah, they're like when a telephone carrier. Start, right. is simply as they do, they do not want to be involved. So we had SOPA, ACTA, PIPA, TTIP, TPP, uh, and then uh, a handful more that I'm just not going to bother remembering right now. But you remember all these different trade agreement bullshits that tried to get passed through, right? Oh yeah, monstrous. Right. So these, the reason why, so this is back when the people that, that were rightfully resisting this these moves from the left and from the right, but mostly from the left, center and left. Um, they were on, on free speech grounds. The, at that point, it was the RIAA, the MPAA, and the BSA, the Business Software Association. Um, so, like the like the other parts of the Double Mafia, but they decided to leave one extra A out. You know, efficiency, right? Sure. <laughs> so these assholes, their whole thing was that they didn't want their copy, they didn't want their IP infringed upon. And the problem is that they consider everything you do. Involving anything that resembles vaguely their IP to be theirs, because they are greedy pieces of shit. They are Whatever. a corporation's corporation. So you wonder what happened. Were they there? So I, I got to explain to this, this poor person they they wanted to break DNSSEC as an example, uh, which is fundamental to how the internet works today. DNSSEC was in the latest spec. Was in the latest spec of uh, DNS. So. Uh, you had your uh, DNS coming out. You had uh, ACT, I believe, was the one that was going to break it at the time. Basically, it required a man-in-the-middle attack, uh, MITMA, um, to to um, to allow governmental organi- governmental signatories to the, um, the the agreement. I think it also came up in TTIP. Um They wanted to have they wanted to have the ability to DNS block um a domain. So basically if you were, if you made a domain they didn't agree with, they could take it away from you. Uh, they could they could uh, register it to somebody else or they could just make it not work anymore. Which would fundamentally break DNS. DNS DNSSEC, DNS security, uh secure uh, secure exchange, whatever the hell it is. But DNS Sec works the way it does as a hierarchical system. So asymmetric key pairs, everyone's familiar with the idea of a public and private key because of the crypto and so on today. They are, uh, the DNS um, setup works the way it does because only a node higher up in the pyramid can distribute to the nodes below it using public private key cryptography for security the updates to the DNS table, which allows you to turn what you type into the address bar into the IP address that is actually sent the request from your computer. They wanted to be able to break that. That is why, for instance, those trade agreements were flat out fucking horrifying. The same kind of—I'll just say—the same kind of evil is at play now, where there are people. There are people that are embarrassed by their past behavior that are going to extreme lengths, and they are a lot. Several of them are industry insiders in, in tech. They're going to extreme lengths. To start imposing their political and ideological will upon fundamental structures of the internet and they need to be dinged for it somehow. People like Liz Fong Jones, Keffels, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, they are a major problem. And they are doing they're they're causing havoc because they are embarrassed that they are horrible, monstrous people and they do not want that to come out. In fact, the funnier thing was that recently, Keffel's, uh, you know, uh, Lucas John Roberts did come out and admit that he wanted to be targeted. He wanted the heat, because that would give him the clout to make what he did happen. His $100,000 parade around the globe, because he was running away from the fucking internet, um, that happened on purpose. And as I mentioned before, the reason why that happened... Uh, aside from wanting the attention and the money, is that he didn't want people to look up his doxbin, which had a lot more, a lot of the uh, the the random commentary and bullshit from Kiwi Farms stripped out. So there are a lot of interested parties that are are among those who would rather not have their very much valid criticisms cataloged on the internet anywhere, and they are out there trying to dismantle the fundament, fundamental structure of the internet to get their bullshit to go away. This includes, by the way, people like, uh, um, uh, that, that Taylor lady, the journalist lady.
0: Oh, Taylor Renz. Uh, yeah. The aging, the aging woman. I mean, let's be so, honest uh, for a 59 year old. She doesn't look bad. 59. You're missing a digit.
1: So she, uh, she is one of the people. So Keffel's story kind of blew up in part because of Taylor Lorenz and several others in, of her ilk in, in media um, eventually ending up with um, uh, that that guy with the, the rod up his ass uh, doing the interview with Keffels. So, uh, so Lucas's entire effort here has been to get rid of embarrassment and he's used, he leveraged industry insiders, he has leveraged... Uh, uh, in multiple industries is leveraged uh, a large rabid fan base, which is largely either delusional or misinformed. Um, and a lot of people have been disillusioned through this process, which is a good thing, but a lot of them are still rapidly in favor because they have aligned ideologies. And that kind of um, fanaticism should not be discounted here. That is... So, so the, this whole like woke phenomenon is in part a, a weapon, that, just another arsenal tool um, that is being leveraged by industry to make things either go away or run the way they want them to, to make um, regulatory captured markets. Regulatory capture used to be the name of the game in D.C. for indeciders who turned into private sector. And came back as lobbyists. That the whole point of it was to have that revolving door, and it was a gravy train for the lobbyists, and uh, it also kept the companies happy. They were able to to involve themselves and ingratiate themselves in government policy at a, a level that a normal citizen just cannot get to. So, the the idea now is that they have these uh, activists on the ground who are capable of acting as NGOs. Uh, with their own benefits that a, a normal lobbyist or company cannot simply get to. Uh, and especially when you have these connected insiders like Liz Fong Jones, a formal Google employee, got uh, his ass kicked out of Google uh, for being a gigantic pain in the ass. Unfortunately, he still has a bunch of his contacts at, at other companies now, including some uh, some critical systems infrastructure. So, Of course. Yeah, exactly. So these these are major problems that we have to address at some point. Now the mockery is all well and good, and it's part of the game. But the thing is, like at least right now, we have the advantage that these people are saying what they're doing out in public. They're not hiding it. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to. So things like you know. Um, I liken it to this. For a while, the police wanted to get rid of Craigslist um, uh, uh, ad, ad adult ads because things like adult trafficking and and child porn were being tra- transited on those ads. Uh, and then they those those ads. You remember, for a while back, we uh, we did like those IKEA ads where, that were suspicious. IKEA? You mean Wayfair? Like the uh, the uh, the fifteen thousand um... dollar. No, that's Wayfair, not oh, IKEA. Okay. But yes. <clears throat> okay, yeah. Sorry, sorry, Wayfair, whatever, same thing. <laughs> well, IKEA yeah, doesn't yeah, deliver,
0: yeah. you know. And I mean, if they did, you'd probably oh, it would probably only come from China and come in parts. And I not, do not want to do that.
1: assembly.
0: Oh, I, I am not interested. Okay.
1: So so anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's super dark, but it doesn't sound like it unless you know the deets. Holy shit, that's dark. Well,
1: it's also, it, well, it also doesn't sound like it's out of the realm of possibility, which is this really disgusting question. No, that's why it it's leaders. even darker. Jesus. So anyway, um, that is an example of that industry going underground, an unintended consequence of backfire. That's that's the blowback that the police trying to do the upstanding righteous thing got. Instead of, instead of allowing themselves the golden opportunity to go after these people while they're talking about what they're doing out in the open where they're very easy to investigate, very easy to find, very easy to jail. They made them go underground by platform policy. They didn't go underground because they noticed a whole bunch of them were getting arrested. They went underground because their ads were no longer allowed on Craigslist, period. They were no longer there to be reported for cops to find them, to then arrest them and put them in jail. So that meant that the people who were getting harmed and all that, the people who were getting trafficked, we're not being helped in
0: I'm the really same way. Again.
1: Right. In the same way, we look at people like Liz Fong Jones who are doing all this shit out in public. And then we look at the do it yourself HRT website, which got, uh, uh, the DFE treatment, uh, got scuttled even. At, so thankfully a whole lot of that shit got saved. And a lot of that info is well cataloged. Sadly, it is no longer as well as out in the open. Um, that kind of fuckery is still going around in, uh, in certain discord servers because of course it is, uh, Oh yeah. Parents don't let your kids on discord without supervision until they're like in their thirties. Especially don't let them near the fucking server mods. So, um, when being like a lot of, so the same kind of phenomenon is taking place slowly, but like, it hasn't had the overt reaction that the police had to Craigslist ads. You know, it hasn't gotten to the point where people are just saying, "Okay, this stuff we have to crush it completely." Yet, it's still out in the open. Like the whole libs of TikTok thing, just to broaden out the scope of the discussion. Well, that's a really Perfect good example, example of this. Too. Yeah, they're still they are still doing all this stuff out in public. The whole the um, the, uh, the the drag show thing, all that stuff is still happening out in public. Or they haven't for, gotten for deep. the
0: love of God, some of the teachers that show up on the libs of TikTok. Yeah, like for fuck's sake! You are literally teaching these kids about sex at way too young an age. You are literally, I, mean, I, I, I want to say they're literally sexually abusing the children, but they're they're just right to the very line,
1: just to that very right. fine line. In any event, yeah, I mean, so you're absolutely right. Uh, the 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 broader point here that I'm making is that we, we need to make sure that as, as these multiple kind of intersecting timelines here kind of come together in, in a you know, menagerie of fuckery tomorrow, uh, <laughs> tomorrow in the ensuing weeks till the next Congress gets started up probably weeks after that, because you know, there's going to be a January 6th event, but this time it's totally different because there was justified, um, uh, yeah, other
0: other than you know another uh, Pelosi attack, I mean, there's there's like, only if, if, so if, many male prostitutes that are going to come over to your house when this guy... of. Well, you know, hey, happening.
1: if they have Craigslist ads, we can find them before they beat them in the head with a hammer.
0: Yeah, see, look at what you did, cops. You're making life hard on the, on and this simple is why we folks, them more. simple <laughs> folk like Paul and Nancy. They're just trying to live their best life. You know, Nancy so, is just trying to <laughs> drink her five liters of liquor a day and have her ice cream, and Paul is trying to, you know, get with a guy that's half his age. You know, they're doing their thing. They're living their life.
1: So, so, so the, uh, when I was trying to, so in broadening that discussion, I was I was drawing in some parallels, and the idea here is that the, the kind of the, the warning message is that if we don't kind of proceed carefully, you know, it, Collectively isn't the right word here because it's not collective action kind of bullshit. It's not communism I'm going for here. If we don't kind of rein in the approach and and avoid telegraphing the next move before we have properly, like, like, here's the thing. For example, I don't really have a whole lot of love for Kiwi Farms. I think that they're goofy. And I think they're funny. I also think they're a whole bunch of Turbo Autists. And that's their thing. That's fine. I'm not here to tell them not to talk about people because why the fuck would I do that? I don't want someone to tell me not to talk about things. Oh, God, to be easy.
0: entirely honest. I I don't really use the place, but as far as I, I can tell, really all they do is laugh on the forum.
1: But as far as it's like they all they do is laugh on their forum, and you remember the whole Tumblr um, containment board failure? Mm-hmm. That's what's looking. That's 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 the other side of that whole unintended consequence thing. Is like, do people really that are causing problems everywhere. will go underground. Do,
0: do you Just really... The Liz Fong
1: Joneses, yeah. They'll go underground, and then the Kiwi Farms Collective will will, uh, will show up and start gossiping in the way they did before. So, I mean, you think you have the ability to ban enough accounts, look at how many different characters are allowed in the name of a user on Twitter. You'll be able to you'll likely exhaust the heat death of the universe before you're capable of eliminating every single new Twitter account that can be made by one of these people to fuck with you or to disseminate this information. For instance, the, uh, you know, with trying to go after Kiwi on, on tier one this is the part where I, I, am still on their side of this because I don't want someone censoring my ass either. If they get, if Josh has uh, said, that the owner, uh, Josh Moon, has said, you know, if they get to the point where where they're not able to serve the website anymore, he will dump a backup on Torrent. And that is not a protocol you can just kind of flip the switch on. You'd have to actually turn the internet off to get rid of it at that point. Yeah. It's, you can't just say, oh, that's illegal traffic. You're not going to know what it looks like. It's, it'll be split up into a little bunch of little pieces. So like, the point being here, It'll be many terabytes, but that shit'll go out. Uh, he's promised that effect, and it's not that difficult for him to do that. So the next step that would have to happen is someone's going to have to convince the government to seize his assets in multiple countries, as if, of course, there aren't already backups elsewhere. And dead man switches, no less. Right. So, thankfully, there's some there's some kind of mutually assured destruction going on uh, underneath the currents, but there is also this the, the crossfire which is hitting everyone else. I uh, The the whole Cloudflare thing, um, multiple other companies getting hit in the same way.
0: Yeah, it sets some, ir- some very bad precedents. Some very bad precedents.
1: Exactly. And what happened immediately... So, immediately before they made the decision to kick Kiwi Farms off Cloudflare, Cloudflare said, we do not want to do this because other countries that we do not like are coming to us and their governments are saying, we need you to get rid of these other websites and using the exact same reasoning that Lucas and, uh, Fong Jones were using same exact reasoning saying every time we do this, we shoot ourselves in the foot. It's like, okay, your feet are your, most of your toes are missing. So what are you doing with the gun down there again? Geniuses. They decide to go ahead and pull the trigger. Anyway, they got rid of Kiwi farms next fucking day they get an email asking them to get rid of a dissident website so using the same logic from their from the uh, the blog post they put out their blog post got cited back to them within a day so this this the problem is is at some point the the weight of their bullshit the weight of the bullshit that gets accumulated by these these activist actions that get rammed through will collapse significant things on the internet unit is resilient in the way that it goes around routing around these problems tor i2p etc very mm-hmm. you know very very um, uh, useful um, uh, obfuscation tools sure yeah you know, so when there's damage to the protocol you route around it and you make a new one all fair well and good and, and it's basically a way for us to never have to deal with these kind of problems again problem is there is no redundancy on tier one Tier one, these these, you know, the mega carriers, the pipes through which the information flow effectively.
0: Yeah, that is the backbone. They
1: don't spend setting a precedent where they have to look at the data going through is bad. So, for instance, tier two backbones are places like your universities and government institutions that have amazing Internet because they are literally where the Internet gets distributed out to everyone else at tier three level. Tier one is what connects all of those. There are not that many of those nodes. You know, years back, I was keeping track of this shit, and there was only seven of them. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, have, been they have probably they be they more, like but... Seven, well, there's like seven regions, and then they each have like a handful of nodes that are really like the node, so to speak, of the region. And so you can, you, when you register an IP address with your, with your company, uh, as you do as a business, you're usually registering with a tier three node. There are ways to, if you're a big enough or important enough company... Where you know the right people and they can hook you up with the other with uh, someone who's inside another company as a client, not not like a, an insider under the hand under the table kind of thing, but as a legitimate client. Sure, you can get a tier two uh, registration. You can you can then get that a forwarded tier one registration, but you're still registered at tier two level. You these kind of these kind of registrations hmm. are are kind of. Proximal to you not being a big enough pain in the ass for the company that registers you. If a tier one node has to start looking at traffic, that's bad because that sets the precedent that tier one must or ought look at traffic. And once those tools are in place, it's not like they go away. Period. Yeah, no, that like makes they, do, sense. they do broad meta analysis, sure, to make sure that the data is being routed efficiently. But they're not sitting there trying to figure out, for instance, like what porn you're looking at.
0: Oh yeah, I mean. I wouldn't. I mean, they wouldn't really get yep. down to they're the layer to see where that is. They're not trying to Am see I if right? you're
1: dead naming trannies on Twitter. You
0: know, I mean to be to to be real specific about this, that would kind of fall outside of the networking layer that they work with, wouldn't it?
1: Uh, th- that depends on how deep the package inspection is going to be. Well, uh, well, as it, as it stands network. currently,
0: it's well outside. Yeah, well, of as that it review. stands currently.
1: As it stands currently, it is well outside of their purview and review. Gotcha. Okay, I, I just, so, wanted, so I just want to—I just want to clarify on that because Yeah. So, so the I- idea is that if you want to get deep enough packet inspection and and network discovery to determine that level of information, you're talking about a a, a significant increase in your computational complexity, let alone your computational resource consumption.
0: Or, in other words, um, lag.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, it's not even lag. It's it's the buffer of shit you have to collect and store locally to parse later at scale. Oh, sure, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's um, just an added layer of complexity internally. that... Uh, I mean,
1: if the traffic can still yeah. be zipping through just fine. It's just that you're going to have to collect, you're going to have to hoover it up and then process it to get your analytics out of it, whatever those analytics may be. Uh, on Just, you know, looking at the uh, maybe one or two nodes deep in the source uh, for your NAT... And using that as, uh, as your total basis for your, your meta-analysis, like you don't need to know what is inside the data packet to know it's got a size, it's got a, a destination on the other side of you, and it's going to go this many layers deep over there. It came from this many layers deep over there. Like That's enough to give you a way to route efficiently. A significant amount of the data that's coming through a, a, a node, you don't need to worry about um, what type of data it is at that point you start putting it into their policy that they have to care about the type of content going through. Those are changes that don't get reversed very easily, and they're very hard. To, they're, they're not very hard. They're much harder to round around. Uh, the The uh, encryption aspect of things, uh, the whole, remember the whole undergrounding uh, thing? Yeah. What they want to do is get was excise and cut out things, but instead of even burying them, and the, the thing is, the, the heads keep popping up and sprouting, so that they're starting to turn to scorched earth, hmm. and and firing people like Liz Fung Jones is not enough. They're a an activist, and b they're technically connected. You know, they're competent enough, but they're they're connected well enough with people that are connected and competent that they can do significant damage. I believe yeah, that the Flare thing is an example. That's more of the capitalist side of things than it is the Liz Hong Jones. Sure, sure. Same same idea
0: here. Oh, yeah, no, it all kind of falls under the same umbrella, you could say.
2: Okay.
0: You know. Oh, uh, well, this is something we talked about, shit, a long, long time ago. And that being, when you run a PCR test, you run it, and then you run it through until you get to a certain iteration, that being yeah. generally decided upon by whatever parties are doing the, the study. Well, and it's, then it's you, a
1: statistical analysis. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, and you get to a, basically a certain concentration at which, okay, this is as concentrated as it needs to be, so it should be here. Or it should not be here. And as we spoke of right. on this, if you run that and run that and run that and run that and run that, to the very, very end, you're going to find something. You're going to find something you're after if you look in well, yeah, small enough fucking portions.
1: So here's, here's the thing. Just to make it clear, again, it's and we did a good job talking about this before, but it's not like we have, you know, we're not Wikipedia doing internal linking here. <laughs> right. I, I couldn't tell you which episodes we talked about it in detail on. Yeah,
0: probably probably single and double digits, for sure.
1: But, uh, so, so, just the, the broad, quick view of, of uh, RT-PCR, uh, and they say non-Q, which is good because it's, oh, it's the same fucking of thing. So reverse transcriptase, polymerase chain reaction testing. So PCR, a lot of people learn about this one in, in, in middle school or high school biology. It's straightforward. If you get a little teeny bit, you, see you put some DNA in a pot, you put in some enzymes and you put in the building blocks for DNA you heat it up a little bit, you wait a while, then you cool it down a little bit, you wait a while, and you now have twice or more of the uh, the DNA that you started out with. You have copies of it. So you have uh, polymerase that goes in there. It does a little chain reaction thing. Basically the DNA splits, gets spread through, and then it's closed up again, but a copy of it sits next to it when it's done. So that happens, you know, a certain speed and it takes, it's about a 90 minute cycle. You do, um, you do several of these cycles, and then you end up with a bunch of a bunch of more DNA at the end. So um, PCR tests for detection, so this works fine at any any chain length, but doing whole chain length sequencing is not really reasonable. And if you're going to do something effectively like um, uh, running a gel at the end of it to get a distribution of what's inside that DNA, you might do it at the gene level instead of at the whole genome level so you can put in a little bit of enzyme in the mix beforehand to prepare your sample um and then you can remove that enzyme later but what it does it goes in there and it snips the dna into gene size fragments or smaller but fragments of a, of a reasonable size so now instead of having a, a one a, a, a data point of one representing your entire distribution of of bins of uh, of base pairs, you now have a lot of smaller bins that have reasonably unique combinations of base pairs associated with them. So you've chopped it up into a lot of a lot of little pieces. But that means you now have a statistical distribution of the size of the chain that mm-hmm. was a part of the big piece, and so how long it is, and how many units of each. Um, each of the four different bases are present. And there's this, you know, you can also do which kind of pairs and which kind of triplets, et cetera. The triplets is where it gets to be important because those are the codons for the uh, different amino acids. So you can get an idea of, of which of these snippets are, are represented by which part of a statistical distribution you see on, on computer of you. So that's just one known sample you can have a library of these different statistical distributions. And when I say that, I mean, think like bell curve. So the shape of the curve, like how tall it is, like tall, skinny, short, and fat, is located left or right on a consistent axis. So everything on the same axis, is it shifted left or right? And so you can get a, a whole library of these different distributions of snippets. And if you run a PCR... You can then say, okay, I can add these different curves, like different um, different weights of these different curves, so you know, twice this one t- to every one of this one, and get the distribution that I see from an unknown sample uh, on this plot in front of me. And the thing is, these distributions are, are non-normalizable against uh, an infinitesimal sample. So you can start off with one DNA chain, which is effectively undetectable, but you can amplify the signal by doing the PCR chain reaction. So every time you do a cycle, every 90-minute cycle or so, you get a whole bunch more signal out of it. So you start to fill up the area under those curves. They start to, to get taller. And the say the gaps between the peaks start to become more noticeable. They're not so small.
0: Yeah, I have, I've got a good image on the screen to represent gaps that people can recognize. Yeah, sure. <laughs> there you
1: go. That's a shitty distribution. That's over time.
0: Yeah. All right. So well, not over time, actually, uh, instantaneously. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on.
1: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's a step function. So so anyway, uh, so you get these combinations you know, so so multiple bell curves kind of overlapped on top of each other that, that shows up on your screen. You can go against this library and you can deconvolute. So basically solve the, the linear set of equations to determine... You know how these things stack up against each other to show what's actually being like determined. What, what's uh, being the amplified.
0: real distribution here amongst these sample well, sets? Basically, how, how many
1: different? Well, it's like how many of these known samples are in the sample we have, and what are their relative proportions? Okay, but you have to have a library of known samples. Sure. That's one thing. Another thing is if you if you build up enough material using this method, eventually the value, the the amount predicted from the amount regressed from this analysis for all samples will be greater than zero and to a point where you can say with statistical confidence you have detected it even if it's not there. And this is a quirk of the math It's and when I say confidence there it's the statistical measure of it not the literal measure of it. So it's not like, oh I'm sure that we have it even though it was never there in the first place it's like no, it wasn't there. It's just that this is the limitation of the test. It's like diffraction where, you know, once you get to a feature that is smaller than the wavelength of the light coming in, you can't really see it anymore. So in, what like, you're saying
0: is tests. we can use PCR tests to verify that holistic medicine works by verifying that. In fact, those amounts of product are in, indeed there.
1: And we, I wouldn't go that far because they go past the Avogadro's limit. Yeah, oh, okay. it's well, not DNA. Yeah. <laughs> <I, I, laughs> I mean, in, in, in that, principle, okay, that, that, was, a, that was an
0: esoteric dad joke, but I'm sticking with
1: it. If you had, a, I, I know, I was going to say, in principle, if you had, a, this is where I'm ruining it as the other dad in the room. If you had, if you had, if you had a a means of of uh, making matter out of nothing that represent that replicated the PCR technique well enough, you could do something like that, sure. So, uh, you know, the the Martin Gardner's uh, grain of rice in a sphere of water, the diameter of the known solar system. Kind of thing. Uh, So anyway, the point here is that at a certain point, uh, like a diffraction limit, you're going to run into a statistical limitation on how many cycles you can do before something that you know to not be in your sample is represented as in your sample. This is actually commonly uh, a thing that is done is you can put in known things uh, in what's called a standard addition, where you have um, in like, say, seven samples, you add one part in sample one, or sorry, zero parts in sample one, one part in sample two, two parts in sample three, three parts in sample four, and you can get a straight line for where things stop when you say I have a a, a detection. And then you can also do the same thing in reverse where you have uh, kind of a countdown. You say, okay, I know I'm going to have zero of this stuff in all of these, but I want to get to the point where I detected that uh, at some level oh, yeah some i mean it, it shows you
0: where your system starts to, to break down basically
1: yeah so so this is this is uh, this is done well ahead of time on a large panel of things and this is part of the library of data that's available so you don't have to do this with every new substance what you do have to do is get a pristine sample so that you can determine what it is and catalog it and that was done relatively well early on now i think this thing is you know Mutation rates, et cetera, et cetera. At a certain point, it's going to look different from what you originally had. And the nice thing about PCR is you can detect the differences between variants. So you can get it is that accurate? It's just that um, I should say this: it's it is that sensitive. Um, thing is, the way that it works when it comes to a medical test is that you you run you have a certain amount of substance that is present to become what's considered detectable. And then what you do is you run in the, in the trials to, de- to develop the test, you run the test until you get a positive result. And that'll happen after, you know, the 12 to 15 of them. Uh, 12 to 15 cycles. So this is why these tests take about 18 hours to run. Um, so you, you basically run them until you get a positive and then uh, you say, okay, after 20 cycles we get a positive every time period with or without the substance in there or you say after 15 times we get we uh we get it uh 99 of the time say okay so what you do is you you then run the test with the analyte present from an unknown source etc so a real test and if you get a, a positive result after like two cycles that's pretty damning evidence that it's present, whatever it is. So sure. COVID in this case, the the problem is that when you um, are getting a, a medical result, a medical test result, you're not told how many cycles were run before you got that. So if they run the whole entire test because they have to. Well, as a matter of fact, we, we reported on insurance. this
0: specifically a while ago that there were vastly yes. different arrays of testing paradigms. Across, across just yeah. the U.S., just the U.S., yeah. not even talking internationally.
1: We, there was um, there were there were two or three different. So we, we talked about PCR. So so qualitative versus non qualitative. Uh, so qualitative versus quantitative, uh, RT-PCR. So RTPCR, the RT is to take the RNA from the virus and turn it into DNA that can be run through PCR testing. That's all it is. So they take the they take the the virus. They take the RNA out of it. You know, you can you can basically put it through a. Um, a glorified blender, and then uh, you run, you put the reverse transcriptase in there, you run that, you get your DNA, you run your PCR test. the uh, The qualitative um, RT PCR, uh, the qualitative nature of it is is kind of the uh, the yes or no kind of thing, but all but that's semi quant. That's not really qualitative. So the qualitative aspect is supposed to be a yes or no answer, but it's not yes or no because it is not. Um, it does not discount. Certain features of, of your your kind of logic space here. You've got okay, was it present? Not was it not present? So hmm. it is a very sensitive test that is not very precise. The alternative oh, that's, that's is fun. so the alter so well. That's it's it's convenient for its ability to be developed rapidly, but it's not convenient for its its uh, its imprecision. So. Uh, quality, so the qualitative nature of it is when you're when you get the medical result back, you're told yes or no. The uh, the med tech is told yes or no. But if it's a yes, they're told how many cycles it was because that's how they can get a statistical qualification. They can say, okay, was it less than ten cycles? If it was less than ten, it's a yes to ninety five percent confidence or 99% confidence or whatever it is. It's like, oh, yeah, we just and ran the test. State, or,
0: oh, no, we ran it overnight through the weekend.
1: Well, no, no. The thing is they have to run the thing for the full set to make sure that the standard edition no, shows no, no. up. No, I, I know what you're saying. I'm, I'm no matter what.
0: you know. So a, uh, I, Yeah, again,
1: I get it. So my, the point here is they don't stop short no. for these tests. They, they run the whole test. It's the whole 18 hours or so. The reason why they run for like a weekend, for like three days, is when they're short on machines, and they run them in triplicate to make sure that they get a statistically relevant uh, uh, yes or no answer. Hmm. So the qualitative thing. Okay, so my example wasn't actually the
0: best because there is a specific example. It
1: it also wasn't that far off because you know, especially early on when we had a limitation on how many machines could run at a time, people were waiting three or four days to get their answers back, and it's because they had to run them three times in a row.
2: Hmm, True.
1: Like it, seriously. It, it was. It's. Okay, it's that's a. That's the a second time it's raining.
0: I'll be right back. And I'm going to say this is important.
1: Okay. Really. I'll, I'll keep going here. So anyway, the point being here that the, um, the the qualitative nature of it is the yes or no, and yes or no is what you. Okay. It's is. not my parents. Not Nobody's be...
0: dead. Nobody's injured.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll just keep going from where I was. I was just yeah. going to say like the the qualitative nature of it is really. What you as the patient are going to get, regardless, a yes or no answer. And the problem is, it's not an exclusive. It's not exclusive uh, in the yes or no nature of it. It's either yes, you you have it, or no, we didn't detect it. Um, so again, so the the sensitivity is great, but the precision is bad. So if it was something that was similar enough, and the design of the test was bad, then it wouldn't catch it right. You might get a false positive. So, so the the other side of this, um, which which is the better test, but it takes longer to develop because you have to get the actual antibodies and then uh, grow enough of them and tag enough of them to make the actual devices. But the the COVID tests everybody's been using, uh, these are based on antibodies, and they are they are much better. So that the red that you see, that little red line that you see. Those are gold nanoparticles that are attached to the ass end of an antibody uh, or an antigen, rather. Um, so, so, um, well, I mean, it, it is both. So they have they have the uh, basically. There's some of them have two sticky sides, um, and then a gold nanoparticle stuck in the middle of them, and some of them have one of the sticky sides already capped off. Uh, And Okay, so the idea here is that if COVID is traveling through in the liquid, it'll get stuck to the one side of it and drag it along. And then if it's actually COVID, the other side where there's the test line has a bit that's sticky to COVID, too, that's bound to the fabric that will prevent the nanoparticle from continuing past the edge of the uh, uh, the visible part and depositing later instead it'll deposit right where it's supposed to and you'll get a red line there the the reason why to use these nanoparticles is that they're obviously they're nanoscopic so you don't just see a whole lot of red traveling along uh, even though it's the whole entire strip is basically faint red uh, you just can't see it because it's so it's so darn dilute until right. it gets bound up in that little area So There's two different types of ink effectively in there made out of these different antibody bits, and uh, some of them are bound up already. The same same stuff that's supposed to detect things is present for the test and the control strips, the little lines there. Mm -hmm. But the stuff that is passing through from behind the plastic uh, between where you put the stuff in and where it travels along out in the open, um, that's about a 50-50 mixture of the two different types, the stuff that's supposed to hit the test and, sh- and show you that you have or don't have COVID and the stuff that's supposed to hit the control and show you that the sticky bit that's supposed to look for COVID is actually working so basically they have something that has a carrier for the gold nanotube or sorry, gold, gold nanoparticle um, and they have uh, uh, an antigen bound to it already and they have the uh, other side which is looking for an antigen to bind onto from the actual viral particle. So those both travel down to hit their own separate inclines. And if you don't have any COVID, then the stuff that didn't find any travels right along past the other side and under the plastic again. You don't, you don't ever see it. If you crack them open, you can actually see kind of a red smudge where it'll end up anyway. Um, Anyway, um, these tests are much more precise, but they lack the sensitivity of PCR. So if you have a single viral particle in your sample, PCR is more likely to pick that up. Like it, it, will pick up something. You know, it might not. It might, it might be convoluted in the data, and unless it was like pristine background, you know, if you had just the virus, uh, just the viral particle, and that's it, then you're definitely going to be det- detecting it with PCR. If you had a bunch of other stuff involved, it'll be a little bit noisier, and you, you might not get as clean of a picture. But you might still be able to see it. With the antibody tests, if you've only got like the one, then you're gonna have like the one nanoparticle stick to where it's supposed to. You're not gonna see that. So it's not as sensitive, period. But it's still pretty sensitive in in g- general scheme of things. Um, you know, are there ways you could make it more sensitive? Maybe. Um, but you make it. It would definitely make it slower. There's not really a way to trade that off. Point being. There's, there's ways to make these both quantitative uh, in that the um, antibody test, you can look for how many nanotubes, i nanotubes. You can look for how many nanoparticles showed up where you wanted them to show up, uh, either in the, in the test region or not in the test region. That's a quantitative measure. For PCR, you can say, okay, how many cycles did it take before we had a non-zero uh, a a so when I say a non-zero uh, with confidence, what I mean is that the the multiplier, the weight for that curve in the set of of uh, of your library, is not only larger than zero, but the error bars on it do not include zero. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So that that's 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 what I mean when I say that you know there's a confidence that there is there is a non-zero amount of the sample pres- of that analyte present it means that the error bars do not include zero. The error, the error bars are going to surround some mean value, which is probably going to be greater than zero the whole damn time. But it's going to be that the error bar doesn't stretch down past zero at some point. And depending on which component of the mix that you put in there that it's doing that, it might be the standard addition, it might be your reference or your null reference, um, or it might be the analyte, or it might be background. Okay. So... So basically, you want to go until you could guarantee that that you're, you've passed the limit where things you don't want to see are going to be seen as non-zero present. So you don't want to go that far. Oh, well, I mean, so in effect, you do go that far, but like you, you you want to stop before that in your analysis. You say, okay, we've guaranteed that thing is still functioning as predicted, and that it gave us this false positive at this point in time, this many cycles in. That's always going to happen there. Say okay, good. Sure, um, sure. What get about your constants
0: and that sort of thing? Right,
1: right. You say okay. Well, what about what about the standard edition? You say okay. The standard edition was supposed to show up at this step, this many cycles in, way early on, and in this test it showed up at this step. Uh, say step two, and we only had one part in there. At this one, it showed up at step three. We only had two parts in there, and so our straight line on a, on a piece of paper is a straight line on a piece of paper. The standard edition worked fine. Okay, good. Now what about Uh, What about the analyte? When did the analyte show up? It has to show up between the start of your standard addition curve, when you say, okay, we're detecting something we put in there on purpose, and the end where you have your false positive. You say, okay, now we're detecting something that we distinctly did not put in there, and we don't want it to detect. say, okay, so somewhere between these two, it should be landing if we're going to get a positive result. If it shows up before the standard addition line, then it's possible that we have a false positive.
0: <laughs> and not likely, to be clear, it looks like, based on this study, that seems to have been what was done in many cases. Obviously, not all. Well, so
1: it might be a problem with the math. That's that was the thing I was going to bring up here. When you start talking about thousands of viruses that are available, even if you use the products that have been that have been put out there, um, and remember, we went over this hubbub before, where people were saying that it's just the flu because the uh, the, the poorly written uh, public release for the combination detection, so that it was it was not only capable of detecting COVID but also detecting the flu. And they're saying, oh, so now it's just detecting the flu. It's like no, it's it's both. You can do you can do multiple at the same time. It's like solving a system of equations where you have you know x something ax plus by equals c, and then the rest of it and you say, okay, solve for X and Y, you can do that using matrix math, right? Sure. I mean, you, know, you can either... I you mean, you can do it using matrix math, or you can do it using, you know, just pen and paper to you figure it out, which is just really slow matrix math. Same thing. Uh, <laughs> point here being, you have a much larger matrix to start with. You have many more Xs and Ys that are involved, and you have all of your components from your library... Now, if you only include a couple of parts of your library, uh, say you say, all right, our two detectable analytes are going to be influenza and COVID. Say, okay, well, that's not actually two, is it? There are 600 active variants of influenza's A and B. It's like 200 to one and 400 to the other. I can never remember which one's which. And then for COVID, there was uh, you know a handful of variants that we cared about or, or how many variants we're detecting at the time. So the idea here is that you have on the order of, we'll call it less than a 1,000, but on the order of a 1,000, somewhere between the order of 100 and the order of a 1,000, different statistical curves in your library that can be matched up against the screen to build up your actual curve for what you're seeing from the PCR. This means that you're going to have some more fuzziness than you might suspect to your results. It's not just going to be, Stuff I intentionally put in, stuff I definitely didn't put in, and the analyte—it's going to be all this background bullshit too, and then not just the one analyte, but hundreds of them, probably. You know, even if you boil that down to the the big ten for that year, ten different analytes is still big, which is probably what they ended up doing. Just to be fair, you know, if if, if we're doing this on a desktop device and it's only taking. You know, so many minutes to spit the results out after your eighteen hours are done. Like, it's probably it's probably not doing hundreds of different viruses, but they do routinely do these hundreds of different viruses kind of analyses. Uh, they they do these um, at, at larger facilities that are that are not dedicated to just this one larger throughput task.
0: Oh, I would imagine.
1: So, like, if you have a vi- for instance, if you have a virus and you have no idea what the fuck it is. Um, and it's killing you slowly enough that you have the time to get a PCR done, and the doctor throws their hands up and says, I don't know what it is, but I need to know in order to treat you uh, without killing you, what they're probably going to do is run something like an RT-PCR to narrow it in and then potentially end up doing an antibody titer at the end to, uh, to determine exactly what it is. So once you get it narrowed down to within a certain set of possibilities, if you have both tools and you have no idea genuinely what it is, you can narrow in with PCR, and then you can hammer home with the uh, known library of antibody tests, if you have them. If you don't have – if you're starting off from a blank slate and a completely new disease, you your PCR will get developed fastest. And that's why it was used so often at first. But it's much slower, as you know, it's 18 hours versus 10 minutes 15 sure. minutes. And then the, uh, once the antibody tests come out, they will dominate because they're cheaper, they're faster. And they're uh, they're more readily available. Like you, you don't walk into someone's home with a PCR machine and say, "Hey, everybody, get tested."
0: Sure. Um, now on well, on yeah. that, there's something that we should probably probably touch on because I well, it doesn't matter. We're on fucking Odyssey, and we're not going to be doing anything that's like actually so bad that it'll get us yeeted off of uh, anchor or anything, but there's some early reporting um, that uh, USDOH knew about a suspicious outbreak in September of
1: 2019. So waiting—that so that, did not surprise me. Yeah, no, uh, nor I, nor I. So, so you gotta you gotta keep in mind that suspicious outbreaks happen. They do, bit. but
0: you know what I mean when I say suspicious outbreak.
1: Well, uh, again, so uh, just to, to to put it in context, back then, not. So you got to remember that we have to we have to, we have a lot of baggage now, yeah, the burden of knowledge now that we mm-hmm. did not have back then.
0: And well, and we've got the well, burden of be being sad. right the whole fucking time.
1: Yeah, there's also that, but again, the. the the idea here is that you know people have been sounding the alarm on this kind of thing for a long time. And, and there is routine monitoring that happens around the world. This is why we found out about the multiple bird flus that broke out in China during the pandemic. You know, thing, things like that are routinely spotted. They aren't immediately classified all the time. And so saying there's a suspicious outbreak is more of a general category term than it is uh, some kind of ominous code wording. Well, says, in, hey, in my case, there's, it there's is kind of, of ominous disease.
0: code wording because I do want to make sure. I, I get that effort, part, but yes,
1: I, I get that. But again, like you don't look at you don't see a flu happen around a chicken farmer and immediately say it's a bird flu. You get it tested and see if your H's and N's line up to be a bird flu. Sure. So but you, you say firsthand, you say, okay, they've got some sort of respiratory disease, and it's suspicious. You know, there's there's some kind of weird outbreak of a new respiratory disease in the area. And by new in the area, it doesn't mean a novel disease. It means it wasn't there recently. Say, okay, well, it's new in the area. What about it? You say, okay, well, uh, we've looked into it a little bit more, and we see that it is, in fact, novel. So, remember the whole novel coronavirus thing. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we say, okay, and it's, it's let, a novel Actually, let coronavirus. me pause you for
0: just a quick half second to yeah, add a little sure. bit of specificity. It is uh, novel. Sure. It is uh, SARS- Co-V-2, SARS-2.
1: SARS-Coronavirus-2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... so anyway, um, I, I just wanted to confused. add that specificity
0: so, because this is a new version of a thing we were already familiar with from the Middle East. But please, continue. So, well,
1: well, no, mm-hmm. you're confusing two things there, is actually three ours. Uh, well, oh, yeah, I'm
0: confusing uh, MERS and SARS. Sorry. Yes. Anyway.
1: That- so SARS SARS was 2001 to 2003...
0: Yeah, I got, I got, was, I got MERS in there. MERS My was bad. was the
1: eight to twelve. MERS was uh, the Obama era one, and then, uh, and then, SARS two electric boogaloo came back for uh, Bush three 0. sorry four uh, Actually, he wasn't. He was not a Bush. Trump was okay.
0: Yeah, and I don't think he's got any ties to Nazi gold either. But that's another
1: story entirely. <laughs> there you go. So. Uh, Point here being so so that you start off by you start narrowing things in and as you know as they did we, we found out first uh, you know clearly we had a, a merry Christmas event instead of the, uh, the the October surprise it should have been All right. um so but what we found out as we narrowed in our funnel of information we found out first suspicious respiratory illness unknown origin uh, flu like symptoms pneumonia symptoms so like walking pneumonia bunch of other stuff going on. We found out, okay, this, this disease has been classified as a coronavirus. It's one of the beta coronaviruses, as opposed to the alpha coronaviruses, which are normally uh, part of our our, um, our spectrum of, of human infectious coronaviruses. So betas are, are worse. They are, include SARS and MERS. We found out that it looks to be very closely related to SARS. Uh, so it's it's a SARS-like coronavirus. A novel coronavirus that's SARS-like, and then we got to the point where we said, okay, it's it's distinctly related to SARS on its in its phylogeny. So it is SARS covet SARS coronavirus two, SARS CoV two. Uh, denoting its its uh, genealogical procession. So it's not necessarily a direct descendant, but it is related in the same area of of viruses as SARS. Okay, yeah, and good. we'll, we'll yeah, probably
0: never data. get access to those laboratory samples that well, so here's exist the problem in is Canadian, the American the, and Chinese laboratories.
1: The problem that we had was that the Chinese researchers that found it uploaded data to publicly accessible servers and there are public and private components of those servers, mind you. So like that, you have scratch pad work that you can do in the background. So if you if you ever worked in like um, like GitHub, you can have private repositories, for example. It all exists at GitHub's place, but I can restrict the access of other people to it because I have, for instance, I have many private repos. So it's still on GitHub. It's just not public yet, so to speak. Sure. So Chinese researchers uploaded the full genome of what they discovered. And then they deleted it. Sure did. And that's bad because people rely on these repositories remaining. uh, They they rely on the deletions to these repositories being A, well-documented, and B, still persistent. And they hard-deleted their data from the repository. And let's also make a note about
0: this for a timeline's sake as well. About this time, uh, the Wuhan area and uh, surrounds were being locked down, hard lockdown to inter China travel. However, they were free to travel internationally.
1: So what they told the people of Wuhan was, "You have, yeah, it was two weeks. You have two weeks to make up your mind. You can stay home, or you can leave the country." And the thing is that thing that people don't realize in general. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they have getting better feel of it nowadays, uh, considering the whole pandemic. North Italy is a large has a large leather industry, a large leather working industry that is primarily run by Chinese um uh, uh, so they're not day laborers, they're uh, uh, intermittent tra- intermittent laborers. So like the same way that like we have we have a. Uh, um, like like almond farming or uh, or apricot farming in the U S, like you have you, you bring in for instance uh, what was it? It's uh, the nut tree out in uh, California. They have a, you know, a ton of them, but they only need the workers to show up when they're ready to pick. You know, and they get a season out of that. They have, like six week window to go and, and pick nuts out of trees, and then that's it. Like, but that's all they need them there for. They don't need them there for the rest of the year. Right.
0: Yeah. No. no, so,
1: no So, same idea in Wuhan. You know, there's a certain time of the year when leather is ready to be worked to make a whole bunch of products, and then they go home. Well, that means these people have lodgings in northern Italy. One of the reasons why Italy was hit so damn hard and so damn fast is that these about 5 million people left Wuhan and traveled directly to north Italy to ride out the storm. The problem was a fuck ton of them were infected either on the way or beforehand. And then, in Italy, they took no measures. They launched the whole Hug a Chinese campaign. Never has something that dumb backfired that quickly, and it was just a perfect storm of it. They were already there. They were already infected. They were already spreading community disease level. And then they just made it worse for the sake of a virtue signal. That entire incident could have been prevented by telling them fucking no! as soon as like as soon as somebody heard just a country has a right to close its borders period
0: yeah well if China and gave a fuck said. about the rest of the world they'd have turned uh, Wuhan into Raccoon City at about an instant's notice but we, uh, we Which would have been over. really bad because that
1: was 13 million people
0: I didn't say they would go with the final solution for Raccoon City just they would you know go with the initial well
1: I don't know. Every goddamn time, Raccoon City gets a gets a problem. It, it does. Gets... It does tend to have a very
0: flashy uh, response. We'll yeah. say a very bright, flashy. No, response. I mean it's
1: not. Not that it's not entirely unwarranted, given the severity of the outbreak. But at the same time, like. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, fun. actually, I think we may even have discussed the viability of them going. You know. Final solution well, so level problem have, they, solver they gave
1: them they gave them two weeks to make up their mind and five million of them left for for uh growth in Italy I think like another million of them left for elsewhere
0: yeah like, and elsewhere abroad you
1: know, and also, also or, like shall whatever. we mention anyway, since we are on the topic five million left
0: well since we're on this topic too we should probably mention it because it it never comes up in conversation anywhere else and that is Shinchianji. The death cult that had members working at the WIV lab that uh, were then later headed off to all the you major know. cities where many of these things spread.
1: Uh, so here's the thing: is is this this falls well within the realm of speculation, which I'm happy to entertain because it's interesting. Um, but I just just to clear up, you know, so that is a fact that they are working there. It is a fact that they are a death cult and that they had members in that lab. It is a fact that that lab experienced an outbreak prior to the main outbreak and that patient zero is very likely some guy disposing of the animals, not the animals themselves, uh, at, at the Wuhan wet market. All, that's, all that's well within the realm of possibility and, and pretty well documented. And it's, it, we can take it as fact at this point. Yeah, uh, maybe on that the point.
0: wet market, but either way.
1: But up up until that point, we can say, okay, we got a pretty good idea. Yeah, of...
0: Somebody in that facility was exposed stuff. somehow, for sure.
1: And we don't we do, we do not whether know nefarious, whether nefarious, whether
0: innocent, death? whether an accident, and we probably aren't going to ever Who, know because I mean,
1: what type of personnel it was because we don't know if it was a death cult member that had that happen or not. We don't oh, know yeah, what no, all we know is basically there's this big was.
0: wall that's got WIV on it, and a bunch of shit happened behind that wall, and if the information well, so does even still exist, we're probably not going to see it.
1: Well, another thing to bring up here is that we don't know what the strength of the affiliation, what the type of affiliation was of these members with the main group. You know, whether they were, you know, just kind of chuckling about it and they had a, a card from going to a cocktail party, or they're one of the shaved-head Nazis who's sitting there saluting in the inner circle. We don't know what kind of... you know, We don't know what, what if they're fanatical... If they were casual, what was going on?
0: Well, it might there, have been, so for instance, it's the type of organization uh, guy, that doesn't really belong much to casuals. So we well, can. Well, so here,
1: here's here's an example. Here's an example of an extreme organization that I'm talking about that has casual membership. The Zero Population Growth movement (ZPGM) is an extreme movement. Zero population growth is pretty fucking extreme especially considering we're still in the acceleration phase as a species. So to cut it to zero now is extreme. That is an extreme request of our species from within our species. That said, there are people who just like the idea of slowing down a bit or think, I'll just take it as a personal decision and I won't have kids. Now, while those still might be a little extreme in their nature, I think they're certainly less extreme than we need to stop the species from growing period today and there are members of zpgm that are that nuts and it's a long-standing organization it's over a century old it's a thing but they're not a death cult i'm just, what i'm positing here is that maybe the death cult side of shinjianji is an extremist wing of it or what have you either way it's, it's it's A very exclusive club, so it's not like you get a whole lot of info about it in the first place. Well, to be fair, it does not
0: appear that there is such a wing and that it is more the basal nature of the organization.
1: But but the the interesting conversation we had before was that this boils down to something that looks a little more like 12 Monkeys. Oh, yeah. Like, for real.
0: Yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, that's the point I need to make. Which
1: is the craziest part. Yeah, it's it's the craziest part about it is that there might have been a guy who's like, fuck it. I got bit. I got bit. I'm in the death cult. This is our mission, and since I'm already in this, since I'm already in the shit now. Guys, you are not well going to believe the day at it. work
0: I had today. It was amazing.
1: And, you know, he shows up at home with looking pallid. His wife says, Hey, honey, what's wrong? He says, Well, it was the weirdest day today in the lab. And then he says, You know what, honey, let's talk about this later. I need to go and talk to some friends from work before I talk about this further with you goes and finds his Shinjianji friends from work and says, hey guys, I Although know I'm Supreme tough, Leader. But isn't this think, what we wanted?
0: <laughs> I think we found it.
1: It's like, boys, boys, it's our time. <laughs> Don your shades, we're going in.
0: And and then, to be fair, they sent delegations of infected individuals to, you know, city centers and capitals of the world.
1: Multiple, this literally multiple happened. city centers and capitals. So, so the thing is, it, it's, it's, So what I know is that they sent people that are associated with them to these places. I don't know about whether or not they're infected. My guess is it doesn't really matter.
0: Uh, in the case um, of Israel, Chicago, and New York, they were all infected, and specifically so. Damn. I cannot account to others, but yes. To well, considering,
1: considering also the nature of the disease at the time, uh, the, so the nice thing is, we talked about this before, that, in, in, you know, this is the whole burden of knowledge thing. Over time, the disease has been has been progressing towards uh, a more stable endemic disease uh, of the characteristics that would make it more hospitable to its niche, notwithstanding so not the weirdness of Omicron. Well, so like, you know, not as lethal to humans, um, and and uh, more akin to something like the flu. It's still worse than the flu, but like getting closer in severity to the flu instead of like SARS. And the nature part of that nature is is that the asymptomatic cases are less prevalent. Um, so more people are symptomatic to it, and more people are reacting to it less strongly than they would a completely novel disease like SARS, 2 originally was. So it's, it's like SARS evolved out of infecting humans out of it, it, one of. The, it's, this happens on occasion in nature. It's not like it's not unprecedented. It's one of those fluke things where it can either keep going or it can not keep going, and it, it it didn't keep going. It was uh, you know it's it's like getting red tide in the one little cove versus the entire coast. It's like hey, there was a little warning shot there across the bow. Maybe we should have done something about the fucking wet markets, let alone the viral fucking uh, about that we were doing in certain labs. So anyway, the the uh, so that it's it's interesting that you you bring up that like. So the, there's the asymptomatic nature of it, for for a, a a large enough portion of people that it's it's still it was still very easy, especially when we didn't have as good detection. We only had like PCR available, and we didn't know that everybody needed to be tested. Really, we didn't really have the infrastructure to test everyone. Um, we should have just closed the borders for a little while and then figured it out. We didn't. So yeah, that that would have been a yeah. smart thing. Yeah. And so here's the thing else to see with this is, you know, they have the study fatal flaw of PCR, blah, blah, blah. Again, we, we talk about, it's the same thing with the vaccines. Um, you know, the, the vaccines are for specific diseases, specific viruses. They have a, a fuzziness to them and what they can affect, impact, you know, the further away you are in terms of like genetic distance. The less the vaccine is going to be viable in terms of achieving the major goals so primarily sterilizing immunity if not sterilizing then primary immunity which allows uh, primary humoral immunity which allows you to impart herd immunity in a large enough concentration of vaccinated individuals um and then you have lower disease burden uh lower disease sorry lower disease severity lower disease burden it's funny Uh, you mentioned immunity and vaccines Cough, cough. So the uh, so the reason I bring this up is that time makes a difference. The longer you wait to vaccinate a population, the less effective it will be because the more mutations that will happen. And it depends on the mutation rate, mind you. It's not like this is in in you know mutation rates being relatively low. You have to remember that there are trillions of virus particles produced per person. That's nine zeros. Of of opportunities to mutate, on a rate of mutation that is, you know, uh, say, eight to ten zeros. So it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. You make a new type of virus when you get sick. It's it's a thing that happens. It's not uncommon. It's how it's it's how this shit works. So, COVID is relatively slow, or was at least at the time. You know, still I think today very uh, similar mutation rate. It's relatively slow to mutate, which is a good the good news it wasn't like the common cold uh, family of viruses. it wasn't like the flu or, or AIDS. Or well, let's
0: let's specify the uh, the earliest strain, the, uh, the wild type was much much more capable of mutating and it has settled down significantly in a relatively quick time.
1: So so again so they, it was slower to mutate than than influenzas which sure. is the important thing. But it so the was fast the reason mutating we don't get for rid what of it them. Was.
0: and that, again, I'm Fair saying enough. early t- early days. It ha- it's significantly so, less again here th- effective. At point that being now,
1: point being here that the original booster vaccine that was scheduled to go out 2021 fall of 20 so late summer early fall 2021 was supposed to include up through Delta. And it this is an this is something vaccine. we've talked
0: about on numerous occasions. The right. the the complete abandonment of what truly was operation warp speed. Operation warp speed wasn't made to enrich Janssen and Pfizer and Moderna. It was made to fix a problem.
1: So if we had, if we had kept to the schedule and we updated the vaccine so it's it's not saying we would have gotten to Herd immunity or sterilizing immunity, which are kind of our gold standards—think measles, mumps, rubella—we wouldn't, we wouldn't have gotten necessarily to that, but we would have been able to overcome the the kind of activation energy speed bump that prevents us from doing things like eradicating influenza effectively. And or, we would have, know, we'd have been able to actually
0: suggested. advocate for efficacious treatments like horse pills.
1: Also, again, instance. we've we've gotten. We've. Well, I'll get to the horse pills in a second. We've gotten to. Um, we've gotten to an end stage that I did suggest was going to happen, although we're still in kind of the, the frustrating throes of it uh, to overcome certain inertias in certain directions. People who don't want to let go of the 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 uh, fear porn exhilaration of of uh, propaganda pandemic, and people who don't want their kids getting that nasty juice in their arm. And so the end point was that schools might start to include COVID vaccination on their immunization schedule. Now, the predication that I put out there beforehand, which was pretty important because it's distinctive, um, and, and I'll, I'll make that distinction very clear here, was that it would have to be like a one-time vaccine. And this is something where Steve does have a major point. It's very, it's very important. That the vaccination that is given, the vaccines that are given on that schedule are stable, and that the population of viruses circulating in in all reservoir populations is low. So, that mutation rates being low means that the mutations that would require an update to the vaccine can allow updates to happen over years of time. So, MMR as a vaccine doesn't have to be changed very often because the amount of measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine in reservoir populations out there is so damn low the mutations that would require a new vaccine do not happen very often there are so few viruses in circulation that those mutations simply effectively do not happen but we have so many covid viruses in reservoir populations so much so much physical volume of virus out there and there is a, a number file video from uh from uh brady on twitter that's Twitter on on youtube um or a guy did some back of the, back of the envelope calculation and said, you know, at this, at such and such time, if you took all of the virus, all the COVID in the world and condensed it down to one place, the volume of it would be about half of a Coke can, about 200 milliliters. Which was nuts. I mean, and the math works out great. It's, it's funny as hell, but I mean, it's, it's just to put it in perspective, you know, viruses are so damn tiny, but like that much stuff exists, that there's that much of the virus out there for measles, mumps, well, and i mean
0: To be fair, that actually, to, to put that in terms MMR, that any layman can actually understand, it equates very well with fentanyl and lethality levels. One, well, one actual pill MMR, that a person might... Well, let, let me continue my analogy for just a quick second. So, one pill that you might take, the size of an aspirin, were it made of acetaminophen, fine it's an aspirin that same volume yeah. <laughs> of fentanyl will kill a city and so this is so it's the
1: opposite severity but it's a good example yeah yeah i i, I just want to make that
0: <laughs> appreciable
1: so if if mmr and and covid were equally bad at at, at their present scales then yes Having as much MMR out there as COVID would kill several thousand planets or more of people. <laughs> that's not the case. Yeah, luckily everyone didn't die suddenly. But anyway, my, my major point here is that MMR is not going to mutate very quickly because there's simply not enough viruses out there to replicate and cause mutations to make it happen. And that's so that we've gotten to hit a stability point. You know, if, if we, for instance, if we allow the uh, idiots that are not vaccinating their kids for MMR to continue to do so unabated. And I mean the idiots, not, not like the people who have religious convictions or medical problems. I mean the people who are contrarian assholes who want to just fuck over everyone. The idiots. If they continue to fuck over everyone else by allowing their kids to rampantly spread MMR, all three viruses and, and the others they aren't getting vaccinated for in such a way that mutations of sufficient abundance do occur, then the vaccines that protect everyone else will become less effective. This is why herd immunity is important when it, you have it. When you're trying to achieve it, So, and, and we talked about this also before, how do you get there? The major thing that we can't do is abandon our our fucking principles and our freedoms to get there. Like, it's not just your freedom to not get vaccinated, it's your freedom to go out and get vaccinated. The same way... Like, it's 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 the same kind of fucking right, in my opinion. You well, get to tell somebody else not to put cocaine into their body as a police officer, but you then get to dictate to them that so they have to put in a vaccine. Like, it, Of the fundamental choices I have about my body, what to put in it is entirely on me like the the fundamental like a lot of the post-hoc rationalizations of the drug war were that it harms people when they put the drugs into them but the fundamental choice was also, was always maintained in the law up until we started arresting a bunch of black people for having crack at which point you know the possession thing became Man. a major problem
0: and if we're going to talk on that for a moment, all we can really do is just say, Congratulations, Glowies. That was an amazing invention. You accomplished a lot with that one, guys. Bravo. But that's some I mean, deep that, lore. I
1: mean, well, you know, of all the fucked up things that have happened in this country, that's that's one of those that are up there.
2: hmm
0: Yeah, it's only like it's you like, had a society of people that were actually getting somewhere, and then you had to invent drugs and the civil rights movement to destroy it. But anyway...
1: Well, I mean, you have people that were there at the time that are, you know, might be a current president that says stupid things like, they're going to put you back in chains.
0: Well, all I'm going to say is that, that Joe huh? Joe had some really choice words for Clarence, and folks should look them up. Oh, man. They, they really should.
1: It's disgusting. It's, it's horrible. Horrible. Anyway...
0: Yeah, we've gone deep, just, deep into the covid I, I know
1: we've gone kind of deep into this. Like, it's just like, well, see, the thing is, this ties in, this does tie, Like, it's it's esoteric in its abstractness here, but it does tie in well with the original topic here, uh, prior to the COVID-19.
0: Well, no, it, it helped build the world like, the in which we live thing. now that formed the, you know, kind of style well, so, so and substance these, of what this podcast
1: is. These elections are important coming up tomorrow for a very for a very specific reason here when it comes to these kind of topics. And you know, we can be funny about it and we can be, you know, nerdy and detailed about it, but at the end of the day it comes down to the same kind of kind of principles that, that are at play that we have to articulate. And that is, you know, we are we gonna allow the uh, this kind of activist, you know, going back to the activist stuff too, this we gonna allow these, these activists to capitalize on these weaknesses in the human condition, to to implement radically worse ideological uh, um, directions to our public policy, and the answer should be no. It should be a resounding no. And it's not like it's a one sided issue. It, this is a, the, it, you know pick pick a popular my body my
0: choice topic of the day, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And you look at the hypocrisy that comes from every direction on that. You know, I, I am a strong advocate for vaccines, and I don't give a fuck what, you know, um, what, what Steve will say. I'm going to go ahead and call these, these new vaccine technologies vaccines. And
0: I will I'm a strong lean for a little bit more towards his point of view on it, especially having seen some uh, as of a, the serious
1: effects. As, as a general category for, for tools to work to, to work against disease burden. I'm, I'm very much pro-vaccine. What I'm never going to be, though, is forcing someone to fucking take a vaccine against their will, against health advice. I'm never going to be for, for doing that in such a way that is going to significantly uh, hinder, well, actually literally hinder people who have a, a medical issue like it, or, or, or a, a major uh, conscientious objection to it. Like, if it is your body, like, this is a fundamental principle of of our country, let alone a capitalist country, let alone not socialism. Oh, yeah. So yeah, we, we are, are a body, free country,
0: state, and freedom is dangerous.
1: We have property rights, and the most fundamental of those is that your body is your property. Period. Period. Simple. Like, it's, there's, no, there's no compromise around that. That's the whole reason why your labor is yours to take home under your agreement with your employer. There's no oppression in that.
0: Well, and you also the make note, owns, too, of the way the that our Constitution body. and our Bill of Rights is set out ahead of time. It does not provide for anything. It prevents the government from taking what already is.
1: Yeah, that's the other major part of that, is is, is a recognition that these are inalienable. And unfortunately, the government doesn't treat things like it. That are supposed to be inalienable as as inalienable. Yeah, it's they they, they love to alienate
0: the inalienable.
1: Well, again, uh, this is one of those things I think Carlin had very much on the nose in that if it's uh, it's not a right if they can take it away. If they can take it away, it's a privilege. True. You don't have a bill of rights. You have a bill of you don't have a bill of permanent rights or inalienable rights. You have a bill of temporary privileges. Is what that came that whole rant came down to. Which I think goes a little bit further than it, it actually needs to be spoken, okay. but you know, it, it does echo uh, painfully against the uh, the current state of things, doesn't it? It does. It does. So the, but the, again, it's like that. It, and I'm not saying that you know I have any of the answers for tomorrow, or that you do. I, I think that some of them are pretty obvious on their nose, but then again, I'm not. I don't, I don't exist in everyone else's head. That then again, there are certain ways to vote tomorrow that I think would make so it would make it very clear to me that someone's wiring is all wrong. Oh, so on that wrong.
0: note, on that note, we've got uh, something out of uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, noted, uh, noted, big deep thinker. He uh, came out and spoke against Hillary Clinton and Stacey Abrams on uh, the sixth. He, uh, I'll, I'll quote him directly. Uh, he said, "Democracy of the people by the people and for the people is so fragile." That you can vote it out of existence. Just select candidates who will only accept the election results if they win. So there you go. <laughs> so you know it, it's it's very clear. Thank you for uh, putting that out there, Neil. It's
1: uh, nice. So, so one of the things. So as much as much shit as that guy gets, and a lot of it deservedly so. One of the things he advocated for, which I think is still so mission critical, despite how the department is run on occasion. Is the uh, um, is the whole penny um, campaign for NASA? So the funding to demand that they get a whole percentage of the budget, buzz- of the uh, budget, not just the half a percent or less. Which, that'd be nice because the, the the raw science that is a lot of the raw science that is done at NASA.
0: Think of the cool lasers that our fucking boys could be firing at people out there in the fields if we just give NASA enough money to make cool laser guns. Come on, DOD, stop Share. being stupid. Share some of that money.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, so I, you know, having, having phased plasma, plasma rifles people, in the
0: forty watt range, Craig.
1: Having having seen the research they do, having worked with some of these people. You know, and having had a little bit more of an insider look at some of these things, there's a lot of reasons to support NASA over not to support NASA. The cultural issues that NASA has and some of the research issues that, like budgetary issues that I should say, that NASA has are fixable on a NASA timescale, which is longer than a single presidency, it's longer than three presidencies. Every dollar that goes in to NASA within, you know, on, on a cost normalized basis, no inflation being involved here. Every dollar that goes in comes out within the next few decades as $20 of stuff that society benefits from. That is an unheard of elsewhere in, in our species history advantage that is the kind of shit that makes a country better than other countries. Oh sure. I mean, even if we so, want to go
0: like deep, 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 deep into the paint and the conspiratorial stuff. Well, the aliens that had never given us the tech if we didn't go up there and meet them. Come on, <laughs>
1: right? There you go. Sure. But again, like if, <laughs> if, if you, get a 20x, you get a twenty X, you get a twenty on a on a society timescale, if you get a twenty X multiplier on whatever resources you put in to a research org, the like the research org as your output back into society, the society that was giving that research org the funds and the resources to begin with. That nineteen X profit out of that is our GDP. It's our our way of life. It's it's why so many of the of the fantastic things around us work so well. And, and it's not and it's all incremental improvements, all of it. There aren't like you know, you don't you don't have like the one major uh, breakthrough or the whiz bang that comes through and invents everything. Yeah, you can't. might have did, some people but... that have bigger ideas. Well you might have some people that have bigger but that's ideas. A flash a pan. But, when it, but when it comes to the actual implementation, it's all incremental. And it's a well the perfect the perfect perfect a example of this research organization
0: is nikola Tesla one man sure. who was an absolute marvel he created so much that essentially laid the backbone of our modern world and he was not allowed to do everything he wanted to do he didn't have the social skills he didn't have the money He didn't have the connections and if he did who knows what, what was kind of world
1: orientation we,
0: he might not have even had one at all but that being said
1: Well he likes he did like doves.
0: True, true. Although I don't think in that way. But nonetheless.
1: No, I don't think so. But I nonetheless, I, I mean the guy was
0: he was a uh, he was a gift to the world and he and it was a gift not even remotely fully utilized. But nonetheless, a gift.
1: So again, like uh, the But that that's the thing, perfect I, example you know, of that. I could, I could talk about NASA all day long, and, and Tesla, and, and Graham, and, and all kinds of others. Uh, you know, we, we could fawn over them for whole throughout the entirety of Election Day. Um, but to to bring back, like you know, the, you know the the message I would give to people as as kind of the summary of this is, you know, your vote needs to matter on on a generational timescale as well. You know, the part of the reason to vote for Trump in 2016. In 2020, you know, why I've said it before, um, 2016 I voted against Hillary. 2020 I voted for Trump, and part of the reason was those SCOTUS justices. You know, the the president is was less material at that point in 2016, on a generational level. You know, look at the cases that came through recently with with human rights. You know, the whole gun issues, uh, all of that. You know, Roe v. Wade, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. These are going to echo in our country for a very, very long time.
0: Oh, man, Bruin. And same kind of Bruin thing. Bruin has changed yep. the landscape of the way that so the, the human thing, right of gun possession is Carl. considered. Yeah,
1: We, we talked about precedents when it comes to activists that are taking advantage of industry positions and basically doing extra governmental uh, terrorism, in my opinion. Sure. And and the the response, the rebuke to them has to be rather resolute. Resolute. It has to be rather Yeah. It has to be kinda of overwhelming. Especially you know, if there's any fuckery going on, it has to be a blip. Yeah. And
0: that's yeah. that's the key that is the keyest of key points in the vote tomorrow and the vote in two years. They're going to fuck with and, it. They will. They're going to fortify the fuck out of this election and and the next one. So you've got to go out there and and you've got to be bigger and better and more than that.
1: And here's the thing that should be made clear here when when using the word they in this sense. It's not like, you know, put on your tinfoil hat or not as far as the larger scale of it. The they in this sense is a localized scale. Like, it's, it look at, so Dinesh D'Souza pisses me off to no end with the way he fucking talks. And he just he's just up his own ass twenty four seven. And the way and he can, can turn can, a thirty
0: minute documentary into two hours,
1: fifteen minute seriously. And but but the it, important thing here though is that good documentary it's neat, but it's thirty meat minutes. That, the meat of it is there,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it wasn't it wasn't like you know despite the organizational aspect of it it's not like there is a single entity that was pointed to or could be pointed to or likely even would be pointed to this is an ideological organization of of assets think worker bees like it's it is it's an ideological organization a collective collective ac- uh, action under ideological order um of of effectively a cult oh yeah
0: quite uh, quite it, literally a cult
1: it didn't take a whole lot of people to do a lot of a lot of actions and, and legal or illegal leaving that entirely up for interpretation and leaving it ambiguous the point is that if that kind of action is going to be taken it has to be made a blip and you've already you've already talked about several of the different things that are being taken uh, advantage of this time around for instance just having people standing around and looking at the fucking box and making sure that these same pricks don't come by with their packets of of a ballots. You know, you don't need that um, to happen anymore. The, and the cost of doing business, business on that
0: is done. every now and then, you get some people that get a little heated at each other, like, hey, I'm just dropping off my mom's shit. I am allowed to do this. And you get an argument, I'll settle for a fucking argument. It's a lot better than the other options.
1: Here's the other thing. If we already have a sheriff sitting there watching the whole damn thing, We've got the guy who would settle the entire encounter ready to go. Hello, sir. Who are you? May I see your ID? My suspicion is that you are putting in more ballots than you are able to.
0: Holy okay. shit. Okay. Here's my ID. Okay. I've got now I'm to, talking I've got to, about
1: my mom. i got, so I got to, I got to break
0: this one right now because I didn't see this before I went to work, and it almost takes my breath away. So there's this thing... That happened, mm, we'll say roughly September of 2019 and then got worse. I don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, uh, from the at POTUS account and the wonderful interns that run it, I will quote. My predecessor was the first president since Herbert Hoover to lose jobs in the course of his presidency. Since I came to office, we've created 10 million jobs. Was there was there something that happened, Mister Skinsuit? Was there something that happened, Peto Joe? Yeah. Was was there something that occurred that might have affected millions of jobs, perhaps, in an otherwise completely fucking stellar economy? Pray tell. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <sighs> fucking breathtaking.
1: Yeah, so, up. I'm not gonna pretend to have all the answers on this kind of shit. I, I got, I got a good idea of. of I already, already voted too, and uh, yeah, I. Like I said, the nice thing about living down here is we got voter ID. Um, I I'll, should I'll rephrase that. We have present your ID to vote. Uh, I would prefer voter ID be the norm which, you know, like like you have your social security card, you got your passport, you can have a voter ID. It can be completely separate, state-funded. Like the things that make the literal, basic, civil functions of our society happen, I'm okay with chipping in a dollar for, you know? Like a whole dollar for a 15-cent piece of plastic to cover all the other costs on, on, you know, just my level, just like a separate voter ID that I only use to vote Oh, like they have a Texas. Comes out of the wallet. That is entirely reasonable to me. the The enhanced security that that would give our country for voting systems would far outstrip the the cost associated with it. And it is a literal basic civic action in a federal constitutional democratic republic that you have secure elections because otherwise how the fuck do you elect anybody? Like the whole notion of it is built upon the idea that we're all okay with the outcome because we all had an equal shot at it, whatever shot that was. We had a fair shot at it and we can all agree that the results are the results. If we can't agree that the results are the results, then we got a problem. And if we've if we can algorithmically secure it in such a way that you know barring uh, uh, maybe a five-vote difference in either direction, as long as it doesn't fall within that kind of margin, that we we damn well know that the results are what they should be, we will get, like, people will calm down. A, a lot of the animus we have is from this vagueness in the results. You know, the refusal to accept the results. So why do you refuse it? Because they couldn't have been that way. Well, what if we could prove that they could be that way, that they have to be that way, because that's what the uh, uh, that's what the secure elections told us if you can't argue against the data at the end then a lot of that noise dies back it's it'd be so much easier alright
0: so there's another uh, cause and I've kept you for like fucking forever and it's kind of late So, we should probably start to wrap, but there's kind of a giant elephant that, uh, a giant yee-shaped elephant in the room. So, uh, with that, we've seen some things get really, really complicated involving that and seemingly interrelated families that have been interrelated and doing this sort of shit since, uh... I don't know, Galilee. But anyway, we've got this uh, personal trainer by the name of Harley Pasternak, and he seems like an absolute piece of shit. He was uh, Kanye's... Oh, right.
1: That was the guy who said like he'd get him institutionalized for shit, right?
0: Again. Said he would get him institutionalized <laughs> again.
1: That's brutal. Yeah,
0: so... Uh, as... There's, this is such a crazy deep rabbit hole that we genuinely don't have time at the end of the show. Yeah. But this fella is super, super duper connected to uh, everybody you'd probably imagine. You know, intelligence agencies up and down the board. And he's uh, threatening uh, Kanye. And with that, we had uh, Kyrie Irving just... <laughs> don't believe me. Uh, how? How? What? Oh,
2: Oh, you're talking to
1: someone in the chat.
0: Huh. (laughs) Okay, whatever, dude. Anyway, so um, (laughs) this guy's (sighs) uh, this guy's super connected and uh, he's ended up connected to a number of other folks that have had strange situations happen in their life. So uh, Kanye basically outs the guy for saying, hey, I'm going to institutionalize you again and get your kids taken away. And then we find out that Kyrie's like, hey, uh, my name's Kyrie Irving, and I, I think this guy's actually right. And that maybe there is something kind of fucked up going on here. Shares, uh, I want to say it was uh, some sort of black Hebrew Israelite documentary or something yeah. like it. And then uh, his team was like, uh, you're going to have to pay a shitload of money to uh, the ADL, you know, that hate group that defames black guys for the rape and murder of children. And, well, I don't know if they do it currently. That's just what they were, that's what they are made to
1: do. It. Well, it's like, I, 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 I posted on that one recently. I just, that, that whole org needs to go away. Yes. They they produce three orders of magnitude more anti-Semitism than they, they ever resolve. It's disgusting and it's so fucking embarrassing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, they don't really serve a purpose anymore in the world other than, you know, as an American defamation league. I mean, at least the acronym still fits. But anyway, Kyrie comes out and is like, I support you uh, in all this. And so his team's like, "Ah, you're going to spend a bunch of money and you're going to take these anti-hate classes and you're going to do all this other dumb bullshit. And so uh, actually, as of today, we had Kyrie Irving uh, announce that he'll be retiring from the team. So it's uh, it's it's a weird situation and hilarious, to be fair. Because, you know, anybody who's working at the uh, detriment of these people and trying to, shall we say, construct an uh, international narrative, it's kind of dangerous, at the very least, to America. Mm. And we'll have to end this WHO and NIH stuff later. Because for now... We've been doing this shit for like three hours, and it is pretty damn late. So instead of closing yeah, don't,
1: on more more people,
0: right. <laughs> so instead of uh, going deep into this legitimately incredibly deep rabbit hole, we'll try and close it out with a little bit of good news, as we like to do.
1: Oh, oh no! They're 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 showing you the uh, the Kirby sequence. Yeah, Kirby, don't eat that. Oh, no. Hmm. Now Kirby's coronavirus. <laughs> Okie okay, dokie. Okay. Well, anyway. Uh, I, I, I I, had to, Hold on a second. Let me, I have to find this, like, this
0: fucking thing. Oh, sure. Well, anyway, I will uh, share a little bit of good news. So, uh, out of Italy, we've got... Um, we've got a, a hot and cold prime minister that uh, has made the people very happy and very unhappy. Um, she is given she's uh, said she's definitely going to keep helping Ukraine and she's also going to save Italy. So, ah, whatever. Anyway, but the good news on that is that they have banned male migrants from coming ashore. Uh, women, sure, but uh, fighting age men, not so much. Which, that's uh, <laughs> it's just generally kind of hilarious. The other good piece of news, which is also quite hilarious is Chuck Norris has endorsed Blake Masters. Has Chuck Norris ever endorsed anyone in politics ever? I legit don't think that's happened.
2: I thought he did, but... Hmm.
0: I think we've got uh, I think we've got a new viewer that hasn't been here for a while and doesn't realize we've been talking about a lot of this stuff for more than a year. So welcome, sir. I Dude. hope you enjoy the show.
1: Despite me, I have a hundred fifty IQ? I totally believe you.
0: <sighs> so anyway, I got one uh, one last piece of good news if I can find it here. <laughs> Shared the thing about that. I guess I'll share the one piece of bad news that's actually noteworthy and worth sharing. Let me get this up here, and that is, there was a Lee Zeldin rally uh, two days ago. Two days ago, now it's now election day because we're after midnight. So on the sixth, uh, there, there's this uh, big white guy, big uh, big mean MAGA Republican-looking fella, uh, choking out this uh, black lady. And it's uh, it's absolutely atrocious. And uh, I'm surprised uh, that we're going to be one of the few people reporting on it. Uh, unfortunately, the big MAGA man was... Uh, well, he was a Kathy Hochul fan. And not a big friend of Lee Zeldin, or obviously, uh, in this case, black people either. So he's choking out this black chick that's a Lee Zeldin supporter. What was his nickname Fatternick? <laughs> Could be. Could be. But he's trying to choke out this chick because... Yeah, who knows why? Who knows why not? They're just full of hate. So I'll um, throw a link to that <laughs> in the uh, below spot here for anybody to follow up on. But uh, yeah, you'll see it right up there on the screen. And if you're watching, and if not, well, you should be. You should be following us on Odyssey because that's that's where we are, man. This is the good stuff. This is a good place. I've even uh, brought some good people over Ow. here, so. This is where you should be for the live show and for everything else. And with that. wait, Hold on a
1: second. I thought you said this was this not a. So as a Zeldin supporter at a hotel rally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She was probably. Or, or, outside. Okay.
1: Okay. So I'm not reading. So this I did. Did I hear you wrong Roger, or maybe I, I probably did.
0: Oh, I. So, oh, did I say it oh, was, a said was like a rally? Zeldin thing? I don't. I thought, okay. So. Well, it was a hotel rally to be specific. I don't know if I okay. did specify that. But yeah. It was a hotel rally and you probably had some supporters out here. Oh, good. He figured out I'm not gonna answer. So yeah. This is the uh, the long and short of it is uh this lady got insulted. And uh well that's uh that's a shame. Yeah. A female protester. So there we go, from uh via New York Post. Choked by a man during a skirmish Saturday evening that involved a New York City lawmaker. Yeah, you know, that's rough. But I mean that is par for the course for Hochul. If uh, if you managed to catch anything, uh, I've heard the debate with Zelda, and uh, he was asking her, "So uh, about this crime, uh, were, we, were you gonna do anything?" And she's like, "I don't know what you're talking about. We 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 do stuff about crime."
1: Of course, she didn't.
0: No, no, no. That I'm paraphrasing terribly, but that's essentially what she did. Like we do stuff and things. So, uh, things are looking interesting, and I guess uh, we should go ahead and throw them out there. I think that uh, Zeldin stands a strong chance, especially with a really bad showing here. I'm going to say that uh, Fetterman is going to lose initially and very possibly win in the coming days as they discover you know, uh, votes in all sorts of interesting places. Uh, California, there's a chance. I don't see it. And, uh, everything else noteworthy, I'm seeing Warnock fall because, uh, I mean, there's people in Atlanta uh, no that are saying, tennis, man. <laughs> the things I'm seeing there is like, yeah, a, a literal quote was, yeah, Herschel might have a 60 IQ, but at least he's not Warnock. That is a literal quote from a voter out of Atlanta, a black guy, no less. So I, I don't, with the new protections in place. It could, it could prove very interesting. So we're going to see some real red slides and then we're going to see some places where it looks that way and then it isn't. That's that's what I'm thinking. I don't think they'll be able to pull off any of their bullshit around as many places as they did before because we do have some protections in place. So what are your thoughts, man? Like,
1: noteworthy well, thoughts, I should say. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, the, the DeSantis train is going to be slamming home. Um hopefully Val gets uh, shut down hard that cunt does not need to be anywhere near uh, a place where she can make a policy decision, ever Um, let's see Uh, Fatterneck, I really hope he loses I I could could easily see him getting games uh, to the point where he gets in, and then you'll have two AOCs, you know, one that can talk in coherent sentences and, and then the one that was already there right um, to be of equal value. I mean, the, the California thing would be a huge upset. That'd be hilarious. That'd be amazing. Um, I don't see a whole lot of other shocks across the board. I mean, the uh, Virginia. We'll see what the parents do there. Uh, if they can overcome Fairfax County. Basically, that's really what it comes down to. Uh, I mean, that it's it's a beautiful state, but holy fuck, are the uh, politics just disturbingly bad in there? Way too close to the seat of power recently. Yeah, in Texas. Um, I'm interested to see what the whole the whole November uh, bullshit is going to do. Uh, they, you know, they, they managed to mobilize a bunch of people in uh, Kansas to um, to get a particular vote outcome. But I mean, the mobilization there was was not for general election. So uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe they just they don't realize that the, the, the Democrats don't realize that the vast majority of um, anti-abortion activists are women the vast vast majority of them uh, the ones that have the strong opinions are all women and making it a women's issue is just not the way to reach them
0: yeah probably not the it,
1: alienate, it, it, it alienates them completely it ain't gonna happen. Oh, sure so, I mean, I, 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 I would love That's to see point. that blow up in their faces, uh, trying to tell women what to do with the vote, as if that was like we're we're literally a century later, gentlemen. Um, century, century later, and you're telling women now that you have the vote both the way we want you to, or else you're not really a woman. Oh, by the way, we don't know what a woman is. <laughs> so the dude in the dress next to you. That's, that's totally a woman too. So that's, that's the, um, uh, they, 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 have, they have, just to be clear, like in, in a Biden confirmed party line positions for Democrats are now, we don't know what a woman is, but if you have a little girl, we're going to convince her that she needs to grow up as a boy. If she uh, likes baseball or whatever, we're, our, we are, we don't know what women are, but we're pro children. That's what they say. It's just... Can you you imagine... And then saying, by the way, be be for abortions up until birth. Because that's also not mutilating children. That's healthcare for the woman that we can't define.
0: Right, yeah. Because
1: now now you have people who menstruate, you have people with wombs, you have pregnant people, or people who have pregnancies... It's like all these are kind of ringing a bell for something, don't they? Uh, what's the one word that defines all of those features?
2: Hmm. Got yeah, something it's, it's there. Yeah, it's so fucking.
1: It's so fucking stupid. It's again, it, they 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 try to come back in with with these different little rights movement uh, strategies and. They hamstring themselves, and I'm all for watching them trip.
0: Well, it's generally pretty entertaining, to be fair.
2: Yeah.
0: Anyway, it
1: is uh, 1.53.
0: It is. We have gone crazy late, and actually, I guess it's kind of almost 3, because we only fucking went forward, like, a couple damn days ago. So, (laughs) that'll probably do it for tonight. That being said, though... We are going to be trying to get some high end names. Tell everybody to tune in. You can find my man Craig here at CraigBob99, most places. And you can find me, Evan, at that fake guy Dan, also most places. And uh, if you're getting this tonight, get out and vote. If you're getting this uh, today, tomorrow, the next day, hope you did get a chance to get out and vote because the only thing we're going to do inside of a legal framework. To fix these problems is vote, and that's all I'm going to say on that. So everyone, have a lovely night, and make sure you do your civic duty. Talk to you soon. Oh,
1: uh, and if you're on the if you're in the path of a hurricane,
0: mm, board up and dodge, <laughs> duck, and everything else.
1: Oh, it's it, it it'll be. A, it, I'd be surprised if it gets past the, a weak Category One.
0: Uh, but note on that again too. If you are in the path of a hurricane, it's not arriving till after the vote, so go and fucking vote.
2: Exactly.